to What Are You Doing Movie Archives. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Down In Front. Merry Christmas. We're bringing Firefly back for you. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Single-handedly. We're redoing the show. We're doing a commentary for the pilot episode of Firefly, which is called, helpfully, Serenity. Pop in your DVD or Blu-ray, press play, press pause, like immediately. Your time code should be 0000. And um, we're going to have a commentary. be like any other commentary, except, of course, with four friends in your head. Your friends this week are myself, as always, T. Christie, my friend Brian William Fenifter. Greetings. Michael Dorkman Scott. Hello. And Shrey the Amazing Stokes. Shiny. So Firefly was something that I've been hearing about my whole like last 10 years and only got around to seeing maybe three or four years ago. And oh, uh, really? yeah, yeah. Was, I hadn't actually seen it. Although we'd done like episodes of geeks of talking about it with like guys who had worked on it, blah, blah, blah. I never actually got around to watching it until the day that uh, <laughs> you are an excellent journalist. I'm legit. Bad, I know. And I didn't know who George Takei was. Like it was a whole thing, man. I was really bad at that. And the, uh, at one, at one point, Chloe forced me to watch Firefly, and I was like, okay. And I got into it so fast. And I've heard people that even like Firefly say they don't like the opening theme or they don't like this particular episode that much. I was so in immediately. I love this. And um, there aren't any major miss episodes for me. I kind of like all of them. I like some more than others. But the day after that, we woke up, went to get lunch or like breakfast at this diner down the street, and I sit down. And Nathan Fillion sits down next to me, like the next day. This is 12 hours after I've seen Firefly for the first time. And I'm thinking to myself, has he just always been around and I didn't recognize him? Like, <laughs> he actually lives next door. It's, yeah. it's weird to have those data points Nathan, so close together. Nathan Fillion has always been there. It was like this weird celebrity Bader Meinhof thing. Like, the day after I met Nathan Fillion in my head, I met him in. It was weird. Anyway, but Firefly is great. And uh, the reason everyone likes it so much. We'll get into that. Uh, for me, it's, it's yeah, I, I like me some Joss Whedon. I like me some Nathan Fillion. And Alan Tudyk and all the rest of it kind of just colored bubbles around the side. It just makes for a wonderful little bubble bath of fun. That got canceled because no one was watching it. Hmm. Write your congressman. Brian. <laughs> uh Yes, I enjoy Firefly as well. <laughs> the most uncontroversial statement of 2012. Um I, what, I don't know. What is there to say? This is, this is the thing with the Christmas episodes. Between this yeah. and Back to the Future, it's yeah. like, we all know why we like this, right? We, you yeah. you know what we think already. Yeah. Uh, it is the same thing that you think. Why, we, do, you, why do you keep asking for this? <laughs> do, you have a, do you have a favorite episode? Do you have a one that you watch more than others? Um, Objects in Space, maybe? Your war story? Actually, I do. Yeah, I think hmm. Objects in Space, which I think if I remember, I trade actually very dis. It's very my least dislikes. favorite. Yeah. Not that I hate it or anything, but it's, it's my least favorite. Well, it's... It, I'm I think sorry, it's my least favorite. I'm glad... Well, actually, no, it's, it's not my least favorite. Well, I think if I remember right, Trey's objections are the very existential, metaphorical aspect of it, which I agree if it were, you know, in every episode, if it were the whole right. series were this Twin Peaks yeah. in space kind of thing, not on board. I don't hate the series because this one episode is like, yeah. all right, that was an experiment that didn't work for me, but, you know, and I, and go, I like, go Joss, you know, you direct a thing and then you have fun. There's existentialism in this TV and, uh, show. Does that seem right to you? <laughs> Does seem right to you? Uh and I like it. I wouldn't like it if every episode were like that. I also like Out of Gas. Uh, those two are probably the competition for my two favorite. Yeah, Out of Gas um, is good. When I'm introducing someone to show, actually, the one that I start with is usually Jamestown because mm. I find that Jamestown wow. is the is most it, accessible to someone who doesn't know the cast. That's interesting because it's one of the weaker episodes. It's, I yeah, think. it's not a great episode, but yeah. anyway. Mike, yeah. how about you? What's your history with Firefly? Um... I uh, you didn't watch it on TV, did you? I didn't. Who watched it on TV? Nobody. Nobody. That's why I actually. Dis- oh, we're talking yeah. about origin stories. I distinctly remember watching it when it was on the air, 
hear, hearing the concept elsewhere out in the ether going a western space that sounds terrible no <laughs> yeah, uh that can't possibly and work. seeing you know five seconds of it which was the scene of uh of of book at the at the spaceport and kaylee mm. talking to the first you're going to be on this ship and i was like this looks awful <laughs> click and yeah. it wasn't until several years later that my roommate at the time in college was like there's this thing we got to check it out because the movie's coming out so i bought the dvds and so we sat down and watched them malcolm gladwell is not approve of your poor thin slicing, <laughs> thin slicing yeah. which i actually just finished that book you know, talking about bader meinhoff i just yeah. finished that book yesterday cool um but i i did watch family guy while it was on the air so i can oh, I, that, I can be okay, that guy so you... but um i did not watch uh firefly while it was on the air um you're part of the problem only f- only it was only a, a couple years later though that i um pre-serenity yeah, yeah, pre-Serenity. So I was I was actually on board with it by the time they announced Serenity. So I was able to be excited about Serenity like from the from the get-go. Um but uh yeah, my one of my roommates in college uh f- like I don't know how he found out about it, but he went, we all have to watch this now. <laughs> it's like, it's like, I'm calling an emergency room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know. Stop what you're doing. I don't know who got him into it. I'm why I've all then, called you here. Yeah, but then uh, he, he sat us all down and watched it, and, and we all loved it. So uh, uh, here we are 10 years later. I'm actually, I'm actually curious because I, I don't think I've really – I mean I love the show and um, Out of Gas is probably my favorite yeah. uh, episode. And uh, but I I haven't I don't think I've watched it since Serenity, um, oh, since, the, since the movie because it's already baked into your head. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's already baked in my head, and I would every time I introduce someone new to it, I sit down and watch it with them. But like everyone I know knows it now, so oh. I don't really have an excuse <laughs> yeah. to watch it. You need to make new friends, lately. exactly. So, um, so I'm actually kind of interested, having not seen it for you know several years. Um, I'm interested in how it holds up compared to television now i mean it's it's sort of at at the time i feel like it was very kind of forward and people didn't, and all that yeah people didn't do that kind of thing on on tv and people didn't make this kind of sci- sci-fi show but now they make a lot of them and they make them at a very high level of production and craft not to say that this wasn't for its time it was just sort of you know it's we're 10 years of, on from this so everything is able to be i think it holds um, up i think i think it'll hold up you know from a storytelling perspective and from a character perspective but in terms of like the production value i wonder if the fact that it is a relatively low budget show will will be more evident to us now Hmm. what's your thing with firefly (laughs) i it was uh you were into firefly before i was i know that i I probably was yeah i i um i avoided it on when it was on the air um i remember seeing one commercial for it just happened to catch a commercial for it and the, the one image that i retained from that commercial is from the from the pilot because of course it was a you know they they, they only had the footage they had <laughs> and it, it was a shot of it was the shot of adam baldwin at the very end of this pilot when they've escaped the reavers and he's standing in the engine room going woo and he does that there's a full body shot of him with his legs spread apart and he's pumping his fist in the air and i'm like what the fuck is that shit <laughs> freddie mercury in space exactly and i'm like i just you know and, and the reason the real reason i didn't even bother to check out firefly at the time was um 
that sci-fi that Fox was notorious for doing awful sci-fi shows. They had mm. done one after another for years and years and years and years, and this was just another one of those. You know, it's like right. oh my god, they've 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 tried like ten sci-fi shows. You know, the only one that lasted more than one season was Dark Angel, I think, and that kind of struggled. I always forget about that show. You know, it's exactly, but they they, they I can't even remember the titles of them. But but Fox uh, was Space just Above like, and Beyond, Space Earth Above and Beyond, Earth Two, and you know, yeah. there was another one, a war show that they'd done, and didn't they do Millennium was theirs that Millennium, a couple yeah. seasons and this just looked like the newest notch on the belt it just looked like another you know well obviously they don't know how to do sci-fi so let's not even bother watching that and joss whedon meant nothing to me because i wasn't a buffy watcher so because firefly hadn't happened yet exactly I was, so, <laughs> so yeah, i was like much. you know okay whatever and then and then whatever you know when it came out on dvd and it became a thing on dvd i forget where i heard it or read it or whatever but it was like you have to watch this show on on dvd um so i did i i you know it was it came up in my netflix queue and this is pre-streaming netflix yeah. this is actual dvd DVDs in the mail, and uh, and DVD first DVD came and it was this this DVD. It had uh, Serenity and the Train Job and uh, the Bushwhacked. Third Bushwhacked. Bushwhacked, which is which is I think my least favorite episode. Mine too. Um, although it's notable for another reason, but but <laughs> okay. but I, but, I watched the, there. but I watched that and I was like I I need the rest of them and so it's like you know like it's like if I get to the, if I get this disc to the post office tonight how soon will I get the next disc so I was just burning through as fast as like Netflix could turn them around to me I burned my way through and the he rest sprints of the back to the post office humming the theme to the trench run in his head exactly so uh, so I just I just just give me more oh my god and the new DVDs and you know yay three more episodes woo and just and and bought it bought bought the set myself shortly thereafter and then proceeded to watch the hell out of it yeah, over yeah. and over again so um, much that you wore out the dvds yeah i know it's amazing so uh because i yeah i was just i was like oh damn it you know this this happened and i didn't even know it you know that this yeah. was this existed and i wasn't even aware of it um yeah i think it's it's still i think is a, a textbook example of of uh crafting it's really the characters that make it set it apart although you know they did some fun stuff with it, the rest of the genre as well but it's it's you know the idea of, of these this many characters there's nine characters in this show mm-hmm. um you know and 10 if you count serenity it's right and we you know we all Aww. we all know you know they all pass the blanket test you know we know every oh. single one of them and yeah, and, yeah. And, and and how they interact even so. the ones he didn't set up to be main characters like yeah. he talked about how jane wasn't supposed to be one it's really a really masterclass in, in tv writing in general no oh, matter, yeah. never mind the genre i think uh, you know it's it's really was uh, at the time Whedon's you know, master masterpiece. You know, a culmination of everything he had he had done in the industry up to that point. And it's still a good gift item. Yes, people. St- I mean, if they haven't seen it yet, still need to see Firefly. Anyway, so you're at the point where the um, show starts, like we are here. Put your finger on the button. Three, two, one. Unpause. And we're in with a man yelling. Talk as you're cold open. Yeah. This. Oh, yeah. If nothing, if nothing else was going to grab you, how about it starts on an explosion? It's like Revenge of the Sith up here. Jesus. Anyway, war. This is a um, <laughs> trade routes. A lot of these effect shots, from what I understand, were done by a company called Radium, which later became slash evolved slash changed into Zoic Studios, who did the remainder of the episodes. Mm. Uh, and I've worked there a couple of times. I have a lot of friends who worked there, and I incidentally ended up with a lot of friends that worked on this show. And I became better over the course of working there at not freaking out when someone would say, yeah, I worked on Firefly, and I did the layout and the scene in Serenity, and I did this. And, the, and you know, I've gotten over that to the point where I don't go, <gasps> but, the, you know, it's still sent little chills up my spine when I sat down because at one point I was sitting at a desk with the only remaining piece of the set, which was the cockpit door of Serenity. Those kind of odd upside down teardrop shapes uh, was built into the wall next to my desk. I almost spilled Diet Coke on it. I was so excited. <laughs> anyway, I'm big on Firefly and it was a big moment for me. Shut up. 
<laughs> in that early transition phase from being a fan of the industry to being in the industry. It's a hard transition Which to make, man. It's always tricky. It is. And what sucks is I was doing it at a pretty high-profile studio with a bunch of really talented artists that I would be working with later in my career. I had to get all of my stupid 19-year-old Teague shit out of the way on them. It was really embarrassing. Anyway, Malcolm Reynolds is going through a change here, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> We're well, just, not yet. He's about to. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. he starts... Everyone... I always forget, at least, that he opens the show being this super bleeding heart Christian dude. Yeah. And, you know, this is what this lack of this. Did they ever explain like in a comic how he got out of the situation? Because they're they, screwed. They just surrender. I think they like, just wound up surrendering. Yeah. Really? Yeah. They surrender. And then, and then the extended is I don't know if it, it's probably talked about in the extended scene in, in Serenity, the movie. Where the the operative has a has there's a cut scene where the operative basically tells the story of it and and it's brought out that it really wasn't it wasn't the it wasn't the battle it was the it was the post battle that made him crazy right because because they they negotiated the peace but then they left everybody there they didn't pull anybody out yeah so they, they the, were the stuck war was effectively over months. but they, yeah. they they didn't get out of Serenity Valley for for another month or something like that so huh yeah and I, uh, I forget where they tell that story but that's in either in the series it's alluded to or it's in the I, th- I think it was it was uh, in like you say the cutscenes to Serenity because it was a it's yeah. it's about you know he's 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 le- I, I I um I remember it being something like and I may be getting this wrong but but as I recall his whole deal it comes out is he's He's less upset about the fact that they lost and more upset about the fact that they, they were abandoned. They were well they were abandoned and that that there was a surrender that went yeah. on. He he's like I was in there I was still in there fighting. I was willing to go down fighting I and do my you job. and you gave up. Right. You know, that's what that's what really made him kind of lose faith in everything. Yeah. Brian and I were actually talking a little bit about the Civil War before we came over here and of course the Civil War is the analog for what this is all about. Right. right. And uh, and Joss talks about how he wanted to to play with the idea where the good guys are the bad guys on the South. Yeah. yeah, it's like they're essentially the South. Although it's never clear, you know. Obviously, slavery is not is not an issue that comes into play in this. You know, <clears throat> the rebels. You know, he he sanitized it where the the rebels aren't for anything that we would say that's bad. Yeah, this right. is this is actually about about states s- about secession and, <laughs> and, and it really is yeah. and, and everything else. So so it's uh, you know so he, he did he did take that, but he, but he kept the idea of <clears throat> what it feels like to have been in a civil war, be on the losing side of that civil war, and then have to rejoin the society that that effectively crushed you right you know and and the and the the feelings that linger because of that and this, the show deals with that a lot i mean that's the central that's that's what make mal who he is through the series is, is this grudge he's this guy who yeah. doesn't want to be part of that society and just keeps going farther and farther out to get away from it so he's a tea partier <laughs> basically yeah he, he's seceding he's, he's he's having trouble with obama's he's, America he's, right yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's guy, a, he after, not like right obama's before America. any election he's that guy regardless of which side he is going man if my candidate loses i'm moving out of I'm the moving country to yeah that's space your, that's, except malcolm that's reynolds is a goddamn hero the, and he did it except exact, he's the yeah. guy that actually does it he, he's <laughs> the guy who actually does it and when and when canada joins joins the new u.s he goes all right well i'm going to i'm going to mexico i'm going to i'm going to mexico and that joins it he goes all right i'm going to i'm going to the arctic circle <laughs> and then and then they they get there and he's like I'm going okay. to space. Fuck. That's it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If unification happens, I am moving to another galaxy. Yeah, indeed he did. This uh, yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's a uh, you know, but but 
Um, that's that's interesting to say because for all that, the the show and Serenity, um, the the movie is about him versus you know the operative who's a believer and stuff like that. Mal is still a believer in his principles. Yeah, and he actually he always acts on those. Um, it's it, that's never a, a question when it comes to Mal. That's a good point. It's not like he's globally constitutionally agnostic or anything like that. Yeah. He's just got a conflicting viewpoint that he just keeps low and doesn't talk about as much because he knows that it's unpopular yeah well, he's basically the the victim of severe depression he's you know he has these things yeah. that he you know cared about and and worked really hard at and then it didn't work out and so he's entered this kind of this phase where he's just trying yeah. to to get by and all that stuff still exists inside of him he just doesn't care or have the the uh the I don't know fortitude. fortitude? That's the that's the wrong. Well, phrase, he just doesn't but... have the energy anymore. The energy, yeah, <laughs> it really. Um, I always love this gag with the hot glue gun with the wire, in yeah, it because it yeah. looks so damn spacey. It's it looks great, like it's a great prop. I mean, someone actually thought that through about how does that work? You know, and what is that thing? As a corollary, what happens next is this really easy effect to do. It's just a displacement on the 3D, but it looks perfect with that yeah, prop. It's a perfect thing, and and this is... You can just totally buy it. That's how you get through pieces of metal. That's, that, that's also the moment where you as a viewer realize oh they're doing no sound in space yeah yeah, yeah exactly now which is great now speaking of which the sound, is the though, moment that i was in love with it because exactly <laughs> exactly as trey was saying like oh this the, and the whole battle sequence while it's very well very well done looks exactly like every other fox science fiction 90s right. attempt at science fiction go all right whatever it seems a little, a little better executed than those other ones but it just looks exactly the same when you don't see the sound in space you go okay this is different somehow this is different than what has come before. No. Something that I always liked about this show that I don't think it's called out enough uh, when people, you know, interminably talk about it on the Internet is how good the music was. Uh, mm. And I was struck the first time I watched it. We were now we're into wash being fun with the dinosaurs and people catching them and all that. But when they go into the slow-mo shot where Mel realizes that the war is over and he is completely screwed and it does the long, slow pullback while the guy next to him gets shot. That piece of music that plays there is perfect. It's a oh, wonderful yeah. little cue. And there's many of and those. And it's very, very like the music you kind of hear on like the Ken Burns Civil yeah, War it documentary sounds, and stuff like that. It sounds like it could be Amazing Grace or yeah. something like that. It has that sort of, or also the the West Wing theme. All do the same thing with this perfect old school sound that you can play entirely on the black keys of the keyboard because sometimes people didn't know how to play piano. That's why those songs were written that way, or at least that's what I've heard. I don't know if it's true. <laughs> anyway, but the cool thing about that is you get a bunch of really good cues in this show over the course of the series. One of my favorite is the one, they talk about it at length in uh, Behind the Scenes Features, but the piece of music that was written for The Message, which was written right after the composer had been told that the show was canceled. He kind of wrote his goodbye piece to the show to play over that sad scene, and it's great. The thing that weirds me out about the music with Firefly is only like one time in the entire series do you get a piece of music that's like and that's what they use for the menus on the DVD. <laughs> which yeah. A, sets the wrong precedent for a new viewer. It's really tiresome. B, is the first way to find out if my TV volume is too loud because you just put in the DVD and then all of a sudden and you know, it's exactly like rendering an After Effects. You didn't know how loud your volume was until that damn Oh God! Now, the, I was so glad when they changed that sound. The other, the other thing that uh, is, was is funny was about uh, talking about the overall concept of the show is is that uh, Whedon very specifically made the, you know the the good guys from the good guys in Star Trek are the bad guys in, in Firefly. Yeah. Yeah. that uh, you know the 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 alliance here or the Federation in Star Trek. You know the utopian everything is great society and you know and everything is managed and wonderful and and clean and perfect is is the bad thing in in. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's the anti-Star Trek in that yeah. way. And they and they, they it actually have some like libertarian leanings now. That oh yeah, this it. show oh, is super libertarian. libertarian. Yeah. Um. The it's they they don't really make it clear what the yeah like we were talking about before they 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 keep it generally vague what the what the war was about what the brown coats were actually kind of objecting to other than being brought into that kind of this fold but why they were um at, at first there's a question as to why they're be, they're objecting to being brought into the fold and then of course the whole situation with river and stuff like that it becomes pretty clear that the alliance has this dark underbelly of, right. of con- the, exactly what what mal has always been talking about they, they've got this underbelly of control and it's you know they they want to bring everyone together and they're talking about peace and uh but it's it's it, it like you like you say it this is very much a libertarian kind of um, um fantasy in the sense because it it is peace at gunpoint Right. This one with the with this with the alliance, this is actually peace at gunpoint. Because if you're not going to play nice with the way the alliance wants their utopia, they're going to hunt you down and destroy you. Hey, the yeah, well, has, uh, gravity. But how is that mm-hmm. any different from the Union and the Civil War or the formation of the states in the first place when Washington put down the Whiskey Rebellion? I mean, it's like any any peace is ultimately has to be i mean it's exactly if you've seen lincoln you know spielberg's lincoln lincoln talks about the fact that like it's the 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 defining question is this contract that we have created as as a society is like okay can you just leave this contract whenever you want uh and his argument was that you couldn't because you had made that contract well i i i agree with that i think the thing is i and and i think i think the thing is that that um, for a libertarian, the answer is yes, you can at, at all times, and I, which is I, not I, actually how contract law works. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that, and I, I agree with the situation yeah. like the Civil War or something like that. I think the the point is that the alliance actually oversteps their bounds into totalitarianism in what they do. Yeah, I I love this song. I do too. <laughs> By the way, speaking of songs, the. Did anyone else just think it's interesting that there's just a quiet reference that, you know, 500 years later, they still know the Beatles? Wait, when? With the, the Crybaby reference. Crybaby Cry, Make Your Mother Sigh. Is that a me- Really? That's a Beatles song. I oh. didn't know that. But then again, I'm not cultured. Shit, that's cool. Hey, I like the Beatles. Well, they still have Interpol the Beatles on the way up. No, it's a very... I, I, I only know that because I got, like, the whole you know thing that when it, they went up on yeah. itunes and i was like i'm hearing songs now i didn't know they did i don't know if that's a yeah. cover or if they did it I, first i, I, I think that's the, a cover that's a okay that's, that's an even older okay. song um yeah well you know washes into classical music <laughs> oh, that's funny this people for some reason folks don't like this song i think it's a tone thing they don't like the tone a lot of sense. people well even half the cast says they didn't like it you know it's like hey you guys here's our theme song and half the cast was like seriously what what am i on is it yeah. do i have a bad sense for this is it cheesy i mean i don't it's, get it well it's just it's just unusual you know it's not it's not like you well, know it sounds like an old lack for, for lack of a better word sorry it sounds like an old slave song i mean it sounds like some old piece of folksy yeah, it's, music yeah. again it's it, it it went western instead of sci-fi and right. just, yeah. it feels weird to, but of course that's what the show is is the juxtaposition so right. so they went for the you know they went for the civil war vibe and not the star trek vibe in terms of their their theme song Damn. and it i just, love it it's it's yeah it, it could it grew, it grew it grew on me like it grew on a lot of people like right. okay you know now i get it now now that i know the show yeah once you watch once you once you sort of watch all the episodes you go oh okay i get it now i get what the show is and i get how the theme song fits but when you're watching like i'm gonna see this new this new sci-fi series with the, with the country western theme yeah. song yeah. what the hell i don't 
don't I understand. like it in isolation. I still don't know if I like it as the theme song, mm. even knowing the show. But I do like the song by now, itself. This is what's crazy about Nathan Fillion. Um, he's put on like not much weight, and yet he looks dramatically bigger now. Mm. Uh, I think it's just the way the skin hangs on his face. But I always watch Firefly and go, God, he was skinny. Look at him. How how do you know how much weight he's put on? He's he, in he's, Castle. Because he's not that. He's on TV He's now. not like a fat yeah, guy or anything But like I'm that. saying he could have worked out or something no. i guess that's true too but you know nathan fillion just i i have no idea how they cast he's, an unknown he doesn't he doesn't look like he's put on much weight except he does he's just getting older and i don't know yeah, i think he's just getting so, a little bit the only, one, the only one who uh, actually well Miranda background still looks stunning um tudic hasn't changed that tudic much. looks pretty much the same nor looks the same um jewel state actually was you know contractually required to be a little a little Heavier. Know, a few extra pounds. Yeah. Um, so she actually looks better now. Generally, she's generally lighter now than she was back in that day. So um, I mean, you can see, actually in Serenity, you can see that she's you know yeah she's like I'm not doing it. Yeah, I'm not doing. I'm not putting on the weight again. Toned up. Right. Leaving Serenity. Every, everyone did. You know, Sean Mar is like <laughs> Sean Mar is like completely ripped for no. Serenity. <laughs> Wait, we're gonna be on a big screen. Yeah, I'll uh, be in the gym. I'm gonna get. I gotta get some abs. I'll be in yeah. my bunk. But, but um, Nathan Fillion just comes in, and at this point, he had worked, but he was kind of an unknown. Like at this point, I had seen him a couple times and not known because he done he was uh, the, two guys and a girl in a pizza place i hadn't which, seen that he yeah. was like the ex-boyfriend and blast from the past with christopher walken yeah. brandon fraser he was and well he was he, he was, walked he in was this, the wrong private ryan he was which, the wrong private ryan yeah. for a second which happens right after paul giamatti says someone get me captain yama so that was kind of weird the first time i saw that because i had seen it after dr horrible yeah except that's not what he says well something like that <laughs> yeah something you misheard is <laughs> not uh, an actual <laughs> well i was just talking about them conveying the experience trick. Yeah, that, uh, that's what i thought happened anyway um but nathan fillion coming in as a virtually unknown destroys this he is so good at this and he seems so deep and i think it, i wonder how much of it is nathan fillion is a very talented actor and all that stuff blah 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 i wonder how much of it is you take a really funny expansive guy and tell him to just simmer if i wonder if that just looks really deep and 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 troubled when you just tell someone to do that like if you told robin uh, robin williams I don't, know, I don't know if that's it. There's, I mean, there's also the fact, like you say, he 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 is a kind of he's a funny guy, he's a witty guy, and you can tell that in the character as well. So I think that also gives him a depth because he's he's a wisecracker, but at the same time, he's got this kind of sadness to him all the time. So that yeah. that makes him very compelling. And he is forgivingly not angsty. Yeah, he could yeah, be. He's... He could be more John Carter. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Yeah, there you go. Now, well, how, now how does yeah, that, that's the question? Is how does how does this is you know sad hero? It's like uh, you know he, he he falls into that category. But why is this not cloying and annoying and awful? I think it's, because he has moments where he's something other than the sad. He's still a human being. Fair enough. The yeah, problem with Taylor Kitsch or the John Carter. I'm sure more. Taylor yeah. Kitsch is an actual human being. Yeah. The problem with John Carter or Chances are, any yeah. of those types of roles is they're nothing but that, and no human being is that one. Note. Yeah, he doesn't, and that's that's. That's what our brains are calling out as saying, I don't believe that. It's not the fact that they're sad because everybody is sad and, and quiet sometimes. It's the fact that it's just that one note yeah, over and over John again. Carter doesn't crack any jokes. Yeah. He's not – if like – yeah, you try to think about John Carter and it's you, – you talk about Mal and you go, okay, what are some great 
Mal Reynolds lines, and you can come up with them. Okay, what are some great John Carter lines? Good yeah. luck, fella. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, he jumped out the window three times. Yeah, like that's the funniest thing I can associate that is, with that John Carter. That is the Carter. funniest thing, and he's not he's not trying to be funny when yeah. he does that. And when it's I, just funny even, given the juxtaposition. Even though there's minor uh, cat savory going on from Mal throughout this, I think his major saving of the cat for the opening of the series is when he jokes about someone dying, and the doctor yeah. believes him, and the audience goes, "That's so funny. <laughs> that's messed up. That's his save the cat." Is he tells someone who's deeply afraid for his life that his patient has died and it's his fault, and then you do a hard cut back to him laughing. Yeah, and that's and everyone's dying. like, "Ah, I love that guy." One of the things that's and this is uh, you know this is a sad fact of of TV in general is. They they mention this in the commentaries. If you listen to the commentaries of this, the, the Whedon and Minear do the commentary on this. Um, that they did this, you know, amazing, elaborate ninety minute, uber, you know, super pilot for the show that that created this amazing, huge, dense, rich world. And Fox said, "Too weird, too weird, too much to, for people to grasp." Do we need a different pilot? And that's where that's where the train job comes from. The train job is the is the actual pilot in terms of what aired, right. you know, it's much more faster to the point, you know, emphasizes the caper comedy aspect of it, reintroduces all the characters again, which is very funny when you're aware that that's what they're doing. Um, it's just watching a tightrope walk, which is, no and, in the and it's, just, it's also sad because what I love, love, love so hard about this pilot episode is the way it just throws you right into this world and yeah. does not give you, does not hold your hand. Yeah. And it moves through the world as just, it, it, it gives it, this world a sense of independence. Yeah, these are people who live in this world and they don't explain it to each other. And it just, you just have to, you know, grasp it. And, and I think it's, it's, what it's, sucks. So, it's beautifully realized. Exactly. It's so dense and, and, you know, fully thought out. What's a bummer is I actually think this is an outstanding pilot. Now oh, I'm yeah. not a Fox yeah. executive, so I don't know what I'm talking about, but I, in terms of writing, no, you're not a fat Fox executive. That's why you. That's why exactly. you know what you're talking about. If you if you didn't know what you were talking about, you could be a Fox. Executive. Well, of course, we don't know that, that whether that's it's just true set or up not. beautifully. We, we, it's just all the subtleties. I think are really well tuned, and I think yeah. you get a good sense of who everyone is, which is tricky in a world where you're trying almost as a contrivance not to explain it to you. This is the scene that I actually. This is the one scene of Firefly I watched when I was actually on the air. Yeah, and I went, I'm not uh, a grandpa. <laughs> no, but, and, I, and I went and I, I went at that time. You were a grandpa on the Cosby Show. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Firefly. What I watched. What I, what, when I was watching this. Was you the first could time, be a Fox like, executive because I remember Ron Glass from Barney Miller. That's what I know him from. So you know, I'm like, that's that dude from Barney Miller. That's weird. Okay. Do you that's still talk to Abe Vigoda? Yeah. Well, no, maybe it was the later scene with Kaylee. Oh, Badger. I, I forgot about Badger. Badger. Man, this is just like going back into it's it's Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Or if you're an atheist, Merry presents i guess <laughs> christmas Presentless. day the, time, the christmas day the time when you spend with your real family the cast of firefly <laughs> and down in front hi <laughs> i love this scene i love badger i love the weird incredibly like arch camera moves that happen a couple of times mm. like they do this massive 30 foot pullback at the end of the scene just that only matters for people on the rim anyway this it's also a wonderful uh, example oh, of, of cheapness because this is just this is cargo containers stacked yeah. in, a, in a circle and then art directed. You know, in terms of building a set, it's about the simplest set you can build. But but uh, they one of the reasons that they get away with it, so to speak, is that's that's the world that they've just built. That's exactly. a, that's the world they're talking about. It's the, like that the, makes the sense. low budgetness comes from the fact that these are very much twentieth century cargo containers and exactly <laughs> yes. right. Yeah. They didn't like get to make. 
special, you know, Firefly era cargo containers. Yeah, they, they but, literally just got cargo containers. But but it it feels like they they use it to their advantage in the sense of this is them on the edge. They don't have the fancy alliance stuff. They're using whatever they got still lying around, and um, it it works for for it. And and like you said, the, the low budgetness we've got kind of. Um, you know the the process shot uh, spaceport type of thing yeah. where they're just passing lights overhead back and forth um, to make it feel like ships taking off. I want his apple peeler. <laughs> that's yeah. That's a that's a classic now. Is it? You know that was it's one a, of those things somebody thing. found. In, I, that's what I was know, hoping it would that's be. It's a thrift story thing. Just, just like, like someone was like, "What the hell is this?" And yeah. then the person said, "Oh, you put an apple in that." Stop. Sold. Got it. Love <laughs> yeah. it. Put it on the set. Put it on all the be, sets. This yeah. is going to be on TV in 12 hours. He's got a little tea kettle as well. He's got, you know, they, they, they literally went to a thrift store to get uh, get their goodies. I just love how, what I love about Badger. I like how he's trying so hard to be dapper. Exactly. You know? Exactly. <laughs> what I love about Badger is how perfectly his character gets announced by the way he's wearing a tie over nothing else. Yes. Then it's like he's just this guy who's putting on a total front trying to be, it's like, a, it's like an insane toddler trying to be a community <laughs> member well he spent some time in the clink but not as much as he claims <laughs> yeah he's cool and just and you know now that i'm looking at it mike what do you think about the lighting and the, how the tv show looks um overall it's pretty good i mean that was certainly one of the that was certainly one of the reactions i think um from firefly to serenity they are they are lit very differently and they're they're um, I mean, obviously, there's an extent where it's like, well, duh, it's a movie, but but different philosophies of life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Serenity, Serenity is much colder. Yeah, and this is a very warm show, just all the way yeah. through. But this this was a stretch in the lighting, in the way it was generally the lighting approach, because it's very, it's very, it's got a lot of darkness to it. It's got a lot of you know hard 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 edges and and darkness, and that's pretty rare for tv yeah yeah and it's, it's very just, it's cinematic in that way and and uh, you know they, they talk about again in the commentary about how the you know they built practical light sources into the set and sometimes that was the lighting is you know and uh, they certainly echoed that through it's serenity. just a show made it's of a, earth tones and serenity yeah. kind of isn't yeah there is um i don't think it's this episode but one of the episodes uh whedon talks on the commentary whoever it is on the commentary uh talks about uh, it going to black and actually they having they had to oh, the black yeah yeah they they felt like whatever that cliffhanger moment was where they were going to commercial, they felt they just needed the audience to have an extra second of just nothing to go, holy shit. Uh, but they had actually had trouble because the way automatic television broadcasters work, oh, they, I just, see. They, when they go to black, as soon as the, the black, automatic that, things go that, to black, they trigger the commercials. Commercial. So they had to find a way to... So they don't go to full black. Yeah, that's, they that's go the to joke. like three shades above black just enough to just for the computer not, not to recognize black. it. Can I ask a stupid? I, I, uh, end up, I, I wish they would do that a little bit more on Walking Dead. So there's yeah. not a dramatic scene, and then frigging Chris Hardwick yeah, coming boom. and going, "Hey, yeah, that's pretty nuts, right?" Yeah. Like, oh my god, <laughs> killing me. Man. Oh, that's, man. that's why. I, that's why I watch Walking Dead on iTunes. Yes, there was, there was the the they cut to a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial after yeah. a zombie massacre last week. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a bad juxtaposition there. Let me ask the stupid uh, internet question of the nine: Who's your favorite character? Who's the one you like the most? We're actually of the eight. Everyone likes Mal. We'll set him aside. <laughs> Mal is exempt. Who's uh? Who, do you go Zoe? I might. Who, I think I, Zo- nobody says Zoe. I think I actually might. Well, I like Zoe a lot. I think I might go Book. Actually, really, I, I like Book a lot. Maybe Jane. Um, the man from Canton, the hero of Canton. <laughs> yeah. The man they call Jane. 
Yeah. Um, I think Jane is probably fairly uncontroversial. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, the, the thing well, is, none of, them are, none of them are going to be controversial. Yeah, I, that's true. Simon, I mean, Simon is in the difficult spot because Simon's supposed to be the cold, aloof, distant outsider one. Right. So you know, and, well, and, at, and at he, first, and then he's supposed to be the the nerd that no one really likes and just tolerates. Yeah, yeah. he's the geek of the cast. Yeah. Actually, I'd go book or Zoe. I think those are my favorites. Interesting. Yeah, because Zoe, Zoe is a really odd we've been having this conversation on the forum lately about um feminism in various stuff and whether or not something is sexist and all that other stuff and in the portrayal of women in media and zoe is an outlier and perhaps something that people get fixated on when having a conversation about joss and feminism uh because and i don't know if this is just incidentally but because she is a really i think she's a really well-written female character in terms of being a married woman who is not like subservient to her man or anything like that but they have a really interesting and complex dynamic because she's this really stoic warrior chick and her best friend in the world and her husband is the wacky hawaiian shirt pilot and the, the way that she interacts right. with mal is a different dynamic than the way he interacts I mean, she's just a really cool character yeah she's not she plus she could kick your ass yeah <laughs> she she is she is Definitely a very yeah. You're absolutely right. She's complex. She's probably she she may be the most complex character she might be, on yeah. the show. In actually, fact, in fact, there's a hint uh, in, in a later episodes where you can see where the really interesting directions the show might have been going. And and Joss, I think at some point or other, mentioned that one of the arcs was that uh, Zoe and Wash would break up. Mm. You know, and then they would have the dynamic uh, of you know not being a couple anymore, but having been a couple. And what's that about? Being but but, but Zoe starts. You know, in later episodes, Zoe starts. There's an episode where she talks about wanting to have a kid, and Wash isn't for it. Wash right. is like, "That's ridiculous." And Zoe's like, "I want to have a kid." And so you can, you know, they were they were planting the seeds for future future plot lines with the with that dynamic. But um, sounds like something from out of science fiction but she's uh you know yeah she's there was there was a famous when we talk about feminism there was a famous insane screed that was written on the internet oh my god you know the one i'm talking now, about now i remember this, that no, like you know there's feminism and then there's just bad shit crazy like okay um and this person just like oh everyone said that you know firefly was this great thing of feminism and i went and watched it and it was horrible and she went just it's this blogger just went batshit on how awful. And we're about to hit the moment that really set her off. It's when Kaylee comes up and says, uh, Mal chews her out for something and she says, I love my captain and like kisses him on the forehead or something. She, well, yeah, there's that. And, and she, well, she went off on Zoe because, because Zoe is like, oh yeah, well, yeah, she's supposed to be the strong character. She calls Mal sir. It's like that, you know, the, the person, this person wrote this thing at total face value and didn't get the show itself at all because it was like, yeah, she calls him sir because that's their, that's their relationship. He's her commanding officer. That's how they know each other. You know, she's, that's a reflex with her. And then the other thing this, this screed went off on was Inara and oh my God, you know, the whore, you know, this horror and everything else. And I was like, okay, so you don't know the concept of what a geisha is, right? No. you know, which is a real thing in the world is a geisha, which is a, a woman who is prized for her breeding and intelligence. Or, or flipping the whole you know concept of prostitution around and making it the classy yeah, so thing. Like, like, like the whole idea it, of that's the whole joke of this of the episode is concept like, and flipping it you know, on its head. The the you know the call girl, the hard, the hooker, the prostitute, as we would call them, is the is the, the most, most revered one. The she's highly the, cultured. She's the respectable one of this entire group, yeah. and that's you know because it's like they've taken the stigma away from sex and and made it you know a positive thing that that's what she does. Even and, though Mal slut shames her. Pretty hard. Yeah. Every minute of every exactly. day. Exactly. Like I, I just that's watched. He, I was just watching Shindig yesterday. Josh would say that's like, he's, he's pulling on her pigtails. I was about to say her. exactly that. I didn't even realize that that that's Josh, Josh put it he, that he wants way, to pull but, on her pigtails. He is absolutely doing that. It's yeah. You know. It's like again. It's like there's a thing about you know characters aren't 
good characters aren't perfect. I mean, you go, he did said a terrible thing. Yeah. Otherwise, why would you watch him do anything if right. he was like perfect? You know, it's like, that's the point. You see a character make a mistake and do something wrong or have a wrong idea. Right. And then what do they do about that? And how does that affect things? Well, and that's the issue I take with a lot of those arguments in terms of, oh, it's, this is bad or it's this is bad. It's like, well, what what do you really want? Yeah. Do you want cardboard cutouts of you know a cardboard cutout of your vision of feminism or your cardboard cutout of whatever? Mm. It's like no, that because that yeah. sucks. They That's need, bad. They need room for growth. That's yeah. why you they tell need, a story. Well, they stories need, about people struggling with the things that you're struggling with. Yeah, and, yeah. you know what is the right way to do things? Even Unless you cast in Garofalo, it doesn't happen that easily. Yeah, even if you don't provide them room for growth, even if it's not a character that's supposed to grow within the story or whatever, it still needs to be a a three-dimensional as best you can make it human being a representation of a human being and no human being is perfect or straightly linear in that way everybody's going to have those things and it's not the the reaction to that situation is to not go oh well this tiny little thing is you know anti-feminist or whatever and flush it all away no that okay here's an example of a human being here are good qualities of this human being as represented in this piece of work here are the bad qualities and let's just take a census of all of those and go, yes, she is a good example of A, B, C, and D, but not a good example of E and F in relation to feminism. That's a really good point. Yeah. I, the, think, I think too much. You go ahead. I was just going to say, just remember, we just introduced Simon. And again, it's, it's an example of, I think, really great writing of this pilot is Simon is so clearly the villain of the episode. Yeah. yeah. And not a regular cast oh, member. Yeah, yeah. And there's you even know. that perfect. I've always, I've, I just loved it again just now, even though I'd forgotten about it. Every time I see the show, I always think it's a perfect cut when the door is closing and it starts on the wide. And as it closes, there's a cut to a close and the porthole comes into view right. and he's much closer. It's just a perfect... Well, again, arch, very cool thing to do. Yeah. Well, even the uh, even the way he's introduced with the um, steampunk there's glasses. A, there's a yeah. It's people make the comparison, and we we're going to mention it at some point because because it's a space western. and There's a girl in a box. They compare it to the anime Outlaw Star. <clears throat> as far as I know, those are the only things that are similar. And the girl in the box is pretty <laughs> pretty specific. But other than that, they're really not. Uh, all that alike but that mo- like his look and stuff like that that's a very kind of anime yeah yeah well yeah that's exactly. a very anime villain kind of thing so so he's high collars and yeah they're specifically yeah. and the and the the glasses so you can't really see his eyes if it were an anime his glass the glasses would have been washed out to pure white it probably. hadn't occurred to me but you're totally right yes, he looks like an true. anime character yeah, in that setup so uh and that's that's signaling the villain right you know which is exactly what what they want you to think up until halfway through and on your first time watching through you don't know that it's gonna be more complex than that so yeah unless cool. you unless you did watch it while it aired in which case this was the last episode that they ever God, aired that and is you so already insane. know that shit right yeah but it might no that's insane now one of the things um that uh that uh, we could get into because uh to, Again, if you're a hardcore Firefly fan, it's not like you don't know this already. But the the whole issue of Inara was a giant character arc that was never resolved in the show because the question of Inara is what the hell is she doing with these people? Yeah, yeah. What is her deal? And there was there was several several allusions to it. There's one there's a major one coming up in the Reaver scene that comes up um, the the with the hypodermic needle, right? You know, it's like and what's what's that? And and of course that was never answered on the show what that was are we going to spoil it was it? only recently explicitly <laughs> exactly answered, it was yeah. only recently kind of explained what it was but the whole idea of you know again planting the seeds for what what the show didn't even get to in 13 episodes i guess there'll be spoilers episodes. for the comic books yeah exactly. I, don't, but, I was never going to read them so i want to hear this but um it's i don't even know if it was ever in the comic books but um because i don't know i don't know this either but uh, 
But again, this is I'm just so impressed by the the craft of building, you know, building what they've done with the characters and how they set how they created these characters. And one of the things Joss said that I thought was really, really insightful and useful and in and, and a, a series Bible I put together recently, I definitely took a, a page from him. Um, he, one of the things he did when he created this cast of characters was he wanted to set up, try and try and be able to set up every dynamic that humans have. So there is a, you know, there's a master and, and a, you know, and a crew and there's, you know, there's a husband and a wife. There's, there's a couple falling in love. There's a couple that there's, there's a brother and a sister. There's a, there's a, you know, a father figure and a, and a younger figure. So like every human dynamic is represented hmm. within the way two, any a, two of these characters interact with each other. That's great. That's that's amazing. That was and that was he did that he said he did that very specifically to always have, you know, interactions and characters to play off of each other because there's some aspect of human relationships that is represented in this group. That is so cool. So so I definitely when I was, I was putting together a series of, you know, with an extended uh, cast and I definitely did that. I was like, okay, I need to, you know, if it's like I need a different kind of character. Well, what relationship don't I have yet in this group? Right. You know? So what was Anara's thing? Inara is, Inara is well. She's she's a a couple falling in love with. There's there's three different couples. There's 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 a couple falling in love, and you know that's uh, uh, Malin and Nara. No, that's 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 uh, uh, Kaylee and Kaylee and Kaylee Simon. And Simon. Oh. There's a couple that are in love but can't do anything about it. That's ah, Malin and Nara, right. and then there's a couple that's in love and married. They're in a relationship, right? So you've got those three stages of relationships. <laughs> the one they don't have yet is a couple that has been in a relationship and isn't anymore. But that was where they were going to go yeah. with Zoe and Wash. I meant what was her hypodermic needle thing? Well, the uh, the the great big mystery of Inara, according to Miranda Backrin herself, at a convention years after the show aired, was that Miranda uh, that uh, Inara uh, the reason she left the house and you know she was on her way to being head of the house madrasa or whatever it was called and everything else and and she suddenly lit out for the territories and and sort of lived this you know weird frontier life is she's terminally ill ah. Um, that was the big reveal. That uh, that's, her, that's her secret. Yeah, and, and hypodermic is, needle is is medication for that because she will uh, infect other people if she doesn't take that. Right? Is that, it was something. It? it was it was it wasn't a suicide kit, but uh, because he specifically said it wasn't that. But she was. She could, but <laughs> yeah. she could have overdosed yeah. with the with the medicine. Well, it was. It was. It well, was, the point the of that point scene is, is more that, that she was contemplating actually, suicide. Thought, the think, point of the the point of the kit, as I understood it, there's some aspect of it. It's it's more of a weapon. Yeah, it's a ah, it's a it's, it's a vagina dentata. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like if they if they come a, in here and and if they come in here and rape me, okay, but they'll all. Like yeah, poison it's, themselves because I'm going to have a companion's doomsday device. Ah, yeah. I see. Oh, uh, wow. So, so she was going to rape all the reavers to death, basically. Yeah, she was going to. <laughs> well, she was going to be raped. Oh, be yeah. the, yeah. the reavers to death. Yeah. So, yeah. and if they're very, very lucky, in that order. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, but but that's so the, th- the hypodermic does. I don't believe figures into the, her her uber plot. But the yeah. you know once you do that, once you establish that, like. Um, you know, once you and you you look at everything. There's the little moments all through the episodes that 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 it looks like, yeah, that all hangs together. It all fits, you know, because they people in Heart of Gold they say, I don't know why she laughed and what happened and why she did that and and uh, but there's she has to go to she gets her you know her medical checkup and things like that, right? So, so there's uh, you know there's little hints that that suggest that that probably was you know that I mean Miranda Backman would know because they would probably would have told her that you know that uh, by the way. Your character's deep dark secret right now is that she's terminally ill and she wants to, you know, live. She doesn't. She's not going to live the life that she was going to because she won't live that long. So she wanted to get out and get some adventure and instead. see the world. Ah, very or cool. Worlds. 
What was Mal's great secret? Did he have one? We didn't. He didn't really have one. <laughs> Turns out he's gay. He, yeah, yeah, really. Other than the fact, I feel, I feel like he was going to. I thought Jane was going to be the one that would turn out to be gay. That would be a <laughs> season three episode. I, I, I always figured I Mal was yeah, going yeah. somewhere with the. Um, I mean, the whole. Uh, you know, loss of religion and stuff like that. I, f- I figured sooner or later he was going to get be getting his faith back. To, you know, he was going to come have a come to Jesus yeah. moment again. Yeah, he's, he's, I can see he's that resisting happening. it pretty hard. And, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would if that's his defining thing. Obviously, you know, for him to switch back would be uh, a, a very special episode. There's yeah. a Christmas episode. Yeah, because as much as Josh, I don't see Josh ever writing that. That's true. Well, no, yeah, I, but I can. But I can. Knowing knowing that now. Yeah. Knowing knowing his his kind of position on things now i i you're right now now that when i said it i was like no that doesn't actually make sense well, to me with joss but that's where i f- thought it was going when i was watching him i could see both sides of the thing because on the one hand i don't think joss would write that because i think he would see, he would see that as too fundamental of a character change that it would seem contrived mm-hmm. and it's bad writing but i can see him potentially doing that this is being superseded by the other one but i could see him potentially doing that because he does like even though he's an outspoken atheist he does really like challenging atheist characters. He really right. does, uh, even in the even in Serenity. Uh, there's a conversation between Book, who is a Christian man, and Mal, who is an atheist, and he lets Book have the last word. And it turns out Mal was wrong about whatever specific thing they were talking about. Um, not because you know he's not trying to say that there is or is not any sort of like fundamental religious power in the universe. He's just saying my atheist characters are not Mary Sue's, and they're often total idiots right um so i could see him having an inclination to do that but like i said i don't think he would because i think he'd see that as being too much of a yeah going going all the way would be too much but but he went from one extreme to the other and i see him at least probably softening over yeah i could see that especially with the influence of book there this is another this is another example of just why whedon i think is just such a great writer in the way he can create a scene that just keeps twisting on itself is yeah. it was like three twists in that in the last 90 seconds of yeah. that scene you know you just like you, you think you know one thing but then it's not that thing and then it's like oh it's him but no it's not him it's, it's the other guy it's it's just well wonderful i think how he keeps doing that i think it's a matter of because it's it's different from something like Battlestar's, you know, later seasons where they're or, you know, Lost or anything else where they're throwing in twist after twist without any sense of real direction or where they were, you know, what direction they were headed in to begin with. I think the difference is the amount of twists he's able to falsely telegraph to you through the direction versus the writing, because mm. the, the two of the twists that you just mentioned now in the last 90 seconds are not really writing based at all, mostly because, you know, one is, you know, book going in and saying, oh, you have the wrong man, Captain. That's if you directed that little moment a different way, it wouldn't be a twist. It's the way he's framed it. It's right. the way book delivers the line. It's, so it's there's a difference between a plot twist and reversing the audience's expectations through what you're actually directing, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and if you actually just take the words on the page or you know strip away a lot of the directorial uh well in this uh, case considering he is both the writer and the director yeah yeah yeah. well certainly the two are working in concert yeah um but it's well the distinction i want to make is there's a difference between just kind of having the 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 plot flop back and forth like a fish on the deck you (laughs) know just to just to kind of conscientious or self-consciously keep the audience uh surprised or guessing right. without a real understanding of the direction that the story is ultimately going anyway right yeah you you can you can make things twist left and right on themselves if you know where you're going right then it's then it's effective if you just 
if, if you don't have an idea where you're going, you just you're just making shit up and contradicting yourself. Right. <laughs> that's that's the difference, I think. <clears throat> something, something lost, something Mitt Romney, lol. Moving on. <laughs> and here's another example of since this is the pilot, you don't know who's who. We've just had the reversal of wait, though so Simon's not our guest star villain. He's yeah, yeah. more of a good guy. Is is and just as Whedon talks about in the commentary, he's like, you don't know that Kaylee's necessarily a regular on the show. So when when they say she's dead, yeah. we as the audience go, right. really? Wow. And people dark. who have been fans of Josh from before are like, Jesus, man, already? <laughs> she's like, I just had two seconds to learn We're to like her. God, five minutes in. I just met her. Yeah, good lord. <laughs> it's like it's like Joss is the madman at the party who like, and this is my friend. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Damn it, Joss. Yeah, he, uh, if you don't know what we're referring to, Joss has an interesting relationship with death and also an, <laughs> an interesting relationship with his reputation of being someone who kills all of his characters. But he kind of does. Didn't get around to all of them, though. Sometimes, Fireflies canceled. Sometimes he brings them back. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> he, he had half of a season in one movie and he still managed to kill like half, half of them. <laughs> <laughs> so fucked up. Anyway. Yeah, this whole sequence is pretty dark now that I think of it, or at least it was throughout that, the back half of that scene, even though they all had sort of conspicuous eyelights. Um, I like it. I think it's pretty show. They had, they had yeah. a little bit of the, the old classic Star Trek eye lighting thing going on just a little bit. Well, oh. you, ha- they, you look dead if you don't put an eye light in there. Yeah. So. Well, I mean more of, so if you watch the old Star Trek, you'll <laughs> see the these. Oh, like so the, 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 the bars, bars light. Bars light. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. The set that they built for the show was in two parts, and it was friggin' huge. Um, I can't believe... I don't know. We, we say it was a low-budget show. I love the teddy bear on her, on her jumper there. We say it was a low-budget show, but was it? Because it's really expensive to build a whole giant-ass set twice. It wasn't, it, it wasn't a particularly low-budget show because one of the reasons it was canceled was because it was an expensive show, comparatively speaking. Um, you know, all... It, no one, no one in the history of TV or movies has ever said, "Yeah, our budget was huge. We had all the money we ever could have wanted." <laughs> um, it depends on what your definition of low budget is, but uh, you know, it's a very, it's a big show. I mean, it's, it's, it's a the the commitment to the pilot is on the level of you know, then when they built almost the entire West Wing of the White House just to do a pilot for a series, you know, that was a, yeah. that was a big thing. You have to be Aaron Sorkin or Joss Whedon to to get that kind of commitment usually. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a yeah, I think it's, the, a, it's about as expensive. I mean, they got every dollar they could get out of their budget, but uh, so, but uh, in the end, it's still it's still a TV show and not a not a feature. Yeah, I think people do forget that that Joss was very proven by the time he got here. Yeah, because Buffy because and Angel. Yeah, the fact that yeah. this the fact that this got canceled, a lot of people. It, it it seemed like and and you know it's it's great now that he's doing he got serenity and now he's doing avengers and he's he's becoming one of um <clears throat> you know the the golden boys of hollywood rightly so i think um but uh you know for a while because of firefly it was like he was the the underdog who never got a That's chance right. and it's sort of like well well really. and that, and that, yeah. he's a third and that generation he's, tv writer yeah here. he's done really well for two decades and, or more yeah. and that industry. what's funny is that more than anything else was what complicated my relationship with dollhouse while it was happening mm. because even at the time like i had mentioned i was working at the effects company that did this i knew that they had a relationship with joss and would probably end up doing the effect on his show that was coming out that everyone had been hearing about called dollhouse and i was just trying indiscriminately to get onto dollhouse somehow i didn't know anything about it just sight unseen it's going to be special i want to be on it uh, i didn't end up working on it um which is fine there wasn't an, an actually there wasn't an awful lot of cg effects going on in that show but 
uh, one when of it, our friends ended up working on on set in oh, cool. capacity. Who? Todd. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. But yeah, I remember you mentioning that. Anyway, the dollhouse thing was just. I really didn't get on board with Dollhouse for like nine episodes. And by the time we got to episode 10, I was only slightly on board and I just sort of started losing my interest. But I wanted to, as a result of Joss having the reputation he did at the time, being the guy who just keeps getting shit on and has to (laughs) run to the internet to make a thing and all this stuff. I I kept wanting to root for it. (laughs) I still, to this day, I actually haven't seen much of the back end of Dollhouse season two. I saw Epitaph one and then I saw whatever the little thing he did at the end of both seasons was. But I didn't like it that much. Uh, I, I well, might go back and re- rediscover it, I guess. But it, I was having this really complex thing where it's like, I know Joss is great. I know Joss is always getting shit on and his shows are getting canceled because no one watches them. And I'm not liking this. <laughs> I think the, one, the person I feel bad for, uh, the person I feel more bad for is Tim Minear. Because mm. um, he, he's had a rougher track record. In fact, he did drive right after this, Exactly. In, yeah. fa- in fact, his Twitter handle is canceled again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, that's great so i mean you know i don't think tim Minear, other than his association with joss on shows like buffy or, or angel you know tim Minear, i think has had more shows shot out from under him than uh, than joss has I think. in fact if you don't know about it this is i guess this is relatively obscure right after firefly Minear uh was sure running a series called drive which starred nathan fillion and you should watch it because Tim Minear writes fun stuff for Nathan Fillion to say. In relation to the movie. It lasted about six episodes. And it was about like a death race sort of across the country. Abide by no law. Get to the other side of the country first. You win. Kind of high stakes show. It was also Emma Stone's Banger debut. Yeah. Uh, and there was a bunch of fun character actors in the, in the lot. But it, it lasted six episodes. But I really liked Drive a lot. In fact, I liked it more than Dollhouse. It's weird because I know... To, I actually have, within the realm of the Diff fans, a bad reputation of just shitting on Dollhouse indiscriminately. Um, I know that Pavlich isn't happy with the way that I talk about Dollhouse, <laughs> but I really just couldn't get into it hard, like really hard. I, I can't get into Buffy either, but I can see myself getting into Buffy. I just don't think I've given Buffy enough time. Dollhouse kind of pushed me out the door. I, I sunk as much time into Dollhouse as was possible. I watched everything. Uh, and I really, wow. I really liked. You're the, back from the war, man. How'd it go? <laughs> I really liked the mind zombie show that they eventually got to, but this where they tried to make Elijah Dushku a Gary Oldman level character actor, not <laughs> not quite as much. Mm. If 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 you had done Dollhouse, but instead of Elijah Dushku, it was an actor like Gary Oldman, you got something there. Yeah, but she is just not. Uh, oh, dude, with uh, not there, Rooney Mara. <laughs> yeah, Rooney Mara could do it. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, so Firefly. This show, well, I don't. That, we just had another that the big speech. Well, the big speech, but but we had another situation where things kept twisting on themselves in terms of the there's a girl in the box, and then what oh, does that it, mean? Love slave. And, and is it a love slave? And and so is Simon still a bad guy? Is that what's going on? And then very much the change and seeing how Simon treats her and stuff like that. And I think that's the moment, of course, that you really that that's the moment that you realize that Simon is is a good a guy. good guy. Yeah, right. Is sympathetic. Yeah. Uh, and another great thing, another a small moment. It just it shows you how good Whedon is at crafting all of this and knowing you know when to pull triggers on certain things simon actually goes toe-to-toe with mal and wins and says no i'm not going to treat kaylee unless you turn the ship around and mal you know other than obviously his big you know spine breaking lost the war thing 
we've already seen and we've already seen established that Mal does not back down from that sort of thing. He's already told, you know, Jane, the big burly guy, Animal from Full Metal Jacket, <laughs> to leave the table, and Animal from Full Metal Jacket left the table <laughs> yeah. as a result. Yeah. And then we see the scene where Simon goes toe to toe with him and Simon wins. It's a great example of knowing when to 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 trump your your like knowing when to set up your character as this but then also knowing when to trump that character but it's also there's there's i mean there's that aspect but in that sense what we learned about mal in that situation is how much he cares about kaylee true that's i mean that's one of mal's defining things is is his only loyalty now is to the people who are loyal to him and Mm -hmm. his immediate group right you know and uh, and what's mal and kaylee's relationship most like like brother or sister kind of thing it's it's kind of fatherly daughterly more than anything else really although you know and it but i need uh, to put that in captain dummy talk for me yeah (laughs) yes exactly yeah he is i guess he does uh, i haven't had anything twixt my nethers since uh, yeah like i can't (laughs) know that oh i can't know that that's that's funny (laughs) i guess but i hadn't noticed or at least i hadn't really let this thought coalesce but mal really does have a paternal streak like obviously he's got sort of a mother goose thing going on anyway but i mean he really does he he knows when to appeal to what in a person he knows when to just tell jane really calm serious tones leave this table but he also knows when to be real gentle and come on a thing lightly uh to great effect like scenes with kaylee and there's also a couple others that i can think of he's 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 cool, man. I don't know. Yeah. I, it, this is, but yeah, I think Malcolm I think Reynolds took on... everyone by surprise and became one of their favorite characters real fast and real hard. And there's a lot to like in I, him. Yeah, I think I think you're, and I think you're touching on exactly why everyone looks at him and goes, "I want, I want to him be to be my dad, be my dad. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, my, or my best friend, or my boyfriend, yeah. or whatever, yeah, my uncle, whatever you're in the market for." That's the, I mean, that's my older brother. That's yeah. the, the the broad appeal of like Alton Brown or Stephen Fry or Mike Rowe or one of those guys, Adam Savage, is uh, God. I want that guy to be my uncle so bad. Yeah. God damn it! I want to have drunken conversations. I want to go to his place on the weekends. Oh, yes. Exactly. I want to be. I want him to be the guy in the family that I can talk to after Thanksgiving dinner because everyone else is insane. You know that kind of a thing. I mean, he's just God. I want to know the, this guy. We were trying to figure out. Chloe and I were trying to come up with a term for what would be like a friend crush, I guess, or something like that, or even a crush on a member of the opposite sex, but not for sexual reasons. Just like a. There's not a term for that, but like she. There should be because there's a term for it on oh, for geez. for like. For the same sex, you know, you can right. have like a boy crush, oh, a man on crush, someone, you know, yeah, yeah, a man yeah. crush, yeah. But, but she was like not... talking about how she, for her, it's Elton Brown. She's like, I'm not attracted to him in any particular way. I wouldn't want to date him or anything like that. I don't think he's hot or anything, but I love him so hard. I have a crush on him, but it's not a crush on him. I don't know what to call it. Anyway, a frush. A, a frush a frush Simon's, Simon's i'm willing been, to go with fresh we'll Simon's say frush. Been punched in the jaw twice within like a half hour by mal yeah that's that's gotta leave a mark that's good. just but, to know what it feels like that is that is another thing that uh, over over the course of of the series certainly mal mal starts to respect him more because he's like you know i mean because he seems like you know he's got the very soft hands and stuff like that but uh simon um but but i think mal you know, he definitely realizes that he's like, I keep, I keep punching this kid in the face, and he keeps coming back at me. <laughs> he's still, there's, yeah, there's he's some, still giving me attitude. Yeah, there's, a, there's, there's some steel in him that I have to respect. Well, there's, you know, I think he cues in early, and it, it builds more and more as he sees what happens to Simon as a result of this. But yeah. he sees that Simon could have this way easier. He doesn't have to do this, and he's only he is he is self put upon for a very noble purpose. Yeah. And he respects that. I think that's actually why he likes Book. I think that's the reasoning um, is because he realizes that Book 
in addition to being just a, a well-collected person and someone who's interesting to talk to and obviously not someone to you know dismiss, he can tell that Book is restraining himself. It's not as if Book's restraint is subtle in this show. Uh, you could play it as subtle. You could play it as um, it, it's not part of, uh, you know, you don't even notice that he's restraining himself. No, actually, they play it kind of loud. That Book, you know, has to direct those feelings elsewhere. There's a lot of moments like that where they're calling out that Book is actively doing the you know, preacherly celibate thing and not indulging in all the things he wants to. Later we find out there'd be a turn there if the show kept going. But Mal notices that. And I think that might be what he's go what what he cues in on when he likes book and wants to talk to him even though they have route like hugely different worldviews. I just want to say I this think is it's navel gazing now, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I think it's great that they went and got Mark Hamill to yeah. come on and do this role. <laughs> I like this guy. He also showed up in uh, Studio 60. I know. I always think of him as Ricky and Ron. And he yeah. was uh, in an episode of West Wing, too, I think. He's yeah. not Evan Handler. The bald guy is Evan Handler. But I used to know his name. J- uh, J- Jake, Jacob. J- it's, it's a Hispanic kind of Chris Jacquard or something like that? I don't recall. It's a- in any case, I like him, though. And he does look like Mark. He looks like Muppet Mark Hamill, which is weird because Mark <laughs> Hamill's already kind of Muppety. <laughs> it's true. His hair grew out a little bit longer. Damn, I hadn't even really put together how much he looks like Mark Hamill, but shit. Now, here's the thing with Adam Baldwin. Um, this show is 10 years old now. I know. This show is 10 years old now, and Adam Baldwin doesn't look much older. And this <laughs> was about 15 years after Full Metal Jagged, and I can't tell the difference. So yeah. I think all the jokes we make about uh, Keanu Reeves being Dorian Gray are misplaced. I think Adam Baldwin is a person out of time. No, I think Adam Baldwin is a Highlander. He's an yeah. immortal. Oh, sure. and that's why there's only one. Now just yeah. imagine Adam Baldwin coming at you with a broadsword. And oh man, yell, yeah. how much that hurts. That's why. That's he's, why everyone loses that fight, and yeah. he gets their quickening. It was funny. That's he's the Baldwin who's not a Baldwin. Yeah, yeah. He, he's literally that's, not a Baldwin. That's the weird thing. Uh, Joss made a funny point about him, where he's like, <laughs> I think it was an episode that Tudic was on when they're talking about handling guns, and it's it's whenever they're storming the castle, and Tudic has to carry a machine gun. Oh yeah, and he's like, "Look at me! I look like a fucking idiot. Look at this." <laughs> yeah, look I mean, the this scene with Adam Ball, shit ass idiot, Ball right here, and he's like walking, like he's got the shotgun at his hip, and he's walking really strong. And he, Josh is like, "You know, you can put a gun into Adam's hands, and he just knows what to do with it. Don't don't take it so hard, and all that. It's really funny." Yeah, he's got Adam Baldwin's been the big tough guy with a gun a lot, a lot, but he's good. I like him a lot, and I like his very fine hat. <laughs> it's a very fine hat. He's also uh, a crazy conservative. Yeah. yeah. Follow him on Twitter. That's why he knows how to hold a gun. That's right. <laughs> it's like, oh, well. It's just, it's just one of those cases where it's like, well, I can I can appreciate the man's work and still disagree with him uh, yeah. in a, on a personal level. That's fine. That's it. I'm never going to watch him again. And, to, and, you know, to be fair, it seems pretty – he's – from from what I can tell, he's certainly the outlier on the Firefly family. Yeah, pretty much. And, and, uh, he's the crazy uncle? Yeah, well, exactly. It's like they all still hang out, so it's like, okay, yeah. clearly at, clearly he's cool about it <laughs> when, he, when he's hanging out with Thanksgiving's going to be a little awkward as yeah. usual. There, but, are, but, there are more annoying Baldwins out there. Yes. Yeah. They're not related to him, but there are more annoying both directions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's there's the conservative Baldwin and the liberal Baldwin, and they're both a little extreme. Shit, put him between Alec Baldwin and Stephen Baldwin, What's to thanks, whom he is not related. What's he's dead like center. At that, uh, that house. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, there you go. He's, yeah, Stephen Baldwin is crazy. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's the spectrum. Yeah. But some would say about that of Alec. Yeah, I've mentioned this before on the so show. We're, we're, we've introduced the Reavers here, which yeah. is a very interesting now, interlude. Here, here's the thing with the Reavers. I... 
I don't like the Reavers that much. I don't like what the I don't like. I, they don't bother me so much here. I think they well, were they were way too loud. Just, just refers to the zombies. Reavers as the greatest characters I never wrote because of course uh, the Reavers don't exist in the series, right? Other than as this amorphous threat that you don't know what they are. I guess what uh, I'm responding to is the movie. Then I don't like how which the, is why which is why Bushwhacked is my least favorite one because it it tries to it, it basically it, it it Serenity retcons the episode Bushwhacked because it, it approaches Reavers differently. Um, and I just thought I thought bushwhacked. Although it's a beautiful set, they shot some of that episode on. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, bushwhacked is you know it, it tries to like posit this kind of weird psychological you know Stockholm syndrome thing about Reavers, which really isn't what Reavers and the according to the movie yeah aren't. Um, so it's it's kind of misleading and also just a little kind of hard to swallow the the central concept of bushwhacked. This the plot of bushwhacked is is great and fun and and fantastic. It's just there's that central core idea that's a little bizarre. But but yeah, this this scene here, the submarine scene as they refer to it, um, because it has that submarine vibe that red Passive October sonar. that red October you know run silent run deep thing. But uh, but yeah, what are reavers? Well, they're they're the threat of this episode, and yet we don't know what they are. We we don't even even later when they're part of the climax, we still don't know what reavers are. Right. Which is, you know, which works. It's great. You can string that out for quite some time, which was obviously their plan. Was it in yeah, it was in Serenity that she says they just got to the edge of space and went mad. Yeah, everyone's got yeah. a theory about what Reavers are. Right. But, uh, and we well, find out in Serenity what they are, and I was just kind of like, ah. Oh, well, yeah. that's, that's a great example of, as we've talked about before, the, the terrible trope often in science fiction of somebody pulls a, a theory out of their ass, and of course that's exactly what it turns yeah. out to be. Yeah. Reavers is a great example of, oh, I think it's this, I think it's that. And it's, nope. You know, it, it is some third thing still. Yeah. But I, I'm kind of with you. It's... They don't bother me as much in the show. That I, I am I am putting a lot of weight onto what I remember from they, Serenity. They, they never actually appear in the show. Yeah, they yeah. Never lay eyes on a Reaver in the in the series. Well, it feels more like the idea in the show is that they're kind of a, this representation of an existential threat, a personification of existential dread. Right. And that idea, or that's the, you know that idea for their origin or for their story purpose, holds in the movie. But then they just become these zombies. Klingon zombie things uh, in the movie. It's, I can in tell you, even in, we, I mentioned it in the commentary for the movie, but the shot in Serenity where I'm like, oh, damn it, is that they're doing the Reavers attack the the stronghold sequence, and they're you know it's supposed to be tense and chaotic, and there's just a shot that's an insert of a Reaver making a smiley face into the shot, and it's overset with this sound effect. That's when I'm like, oh, damn it. I, I don't know. I just I, I didn't like that sequence. It rubbed me the wrong way. It's a tough one, you know. It's like it's like how do you represent that? You know, Reavers are supposed to be this, you know, pure pure id, right? You know, just going crazy. But they can also pilot spaceships. So, yeah, you yeah. Know, it's 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 the what's going on on that ship? It's the cowboys and aliens issue of like you're an advanced technological species and you communicate by going <laughs> really all the time. That's what you say. <laughs> Reavers must like go, Bill. You want to take a look at the reactor? I think it's you know they, they must do that at some point, right? Yeah, you know. I mean, how do they do? duty shifts you yeah. know it's like i'm sure it's fairly, do the reavers keep a, a i'm sure it's block? fairly unregulated how a reaver ship operates but still it's it has to operate you know who's in command they, sw- they, they, they swarm yeah it's just the it's, it's the culminated yeah. direction of everyone pushing them well, one way at once you know, orbital mechanics is pretty tricky yeah and if you don't launch out of right you know, if you don't do it just right so the concept you're just of, gonna float yeah. in space for a while the concept of a mad you know 
raping cannibalistic super ego that can still do algebra yeah, yeah. Is, is an interesting well, you know, yeah that can still to calculate try phase angles and go oh, yeah. well you know if if we want to launch for persephone we got to launch you know and you know our launch have an orbital window but are you done raping yeah. that guy yeah, yeah. anyway I was yeah, just we, we, we hey, got to talk about the phase angle but no you go ahead and finish eating him yeah. you don't know how stephen hawking would have been if he didn't have als <laughs> That's true. He would have been totally. What if? What if the wheelchair is the only thing keeping us safe? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God he can't get to us. He's just sitting there like Hannibal Lecter, going, "I would so eat your ears right now. I would eat your ears, and then I would still be a genius for 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 the rest of the day." I've mentioned this on the show before, but it's the Firefly episode, so I'll say it again. Uh, one of the things I really like about Fillion as a person is he has been addressed multiple times on the subject of what if I see you on the street, how should I be? Yeah. And his the the answer he he gives is if you see me on the street, and recognize me put the ball in my court so i can decide whether or not we're going to talk and just walk by and say captain i'll get it you'll get it and at that point it's my turn to go hey how you doing nice to see you or i'm eating but thank you (laughs) or keep walking it's it's perfect and i feel like there should be something like that for all all, like tom hanks should go out on twitter and say when you see me say this (laughs) this is like the best way to put the ball in my that will be our code like everyone will have this works everyone will have a cool code that they can use uh, to their defense to keep people from bothering them when they're eating that's just cool captain The, the problem with that is with other franchises if you were to go up to say patrick stewart and go captain or I will kill you. You just that that would signal to Patrick Stewart that moment. I need to run away from <laughs> yeah. this person as oh, fast well, as I can. Well, what I mean, I, I guess the distinction I would draw between Fillion and, and Stewart in this example is, I mean, more like the expansive actors that have a reputation of being really cool to their fans. They they actually need that protection more because people know not, or at least generally know, not to go up to Patrick Stewart and bug him. Like the same way, I don't think Steve Buscemi gets a lot of people like. You know, it's, he's kind of like, I'll, you know, keep my distance. But hey, I saw Buscemi today, you know, but the expansive guys the the, the Hankses and the Fillions and those types, you know, anything that they can do to separate themselves, I guess. Slow-mo on the television. Yeah. So here's that great fake out moment where it's like, Kaylee's dead. No, she's not. The, the wave <laughs> the, is perfect. The, just where the, the just where the show was, you know, pretty consistently dark for quite some time. Then suddenly they pull this 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 move. <laughs> I always wonder how they get when they're I guess doing. That's to get us back out of that. Really, yeah. Yeah. there's a lot of sh- there's a lot of sequences in Firefly where they cut to the group laughing. I always wonder how they start laughing, like actually on it's, set. Yeah, the, the actors ready and action. <laughs> or is it like the aristocrats action? <laughs> yeah. I wonder. I mean, I, I have to imagine that. So they just cracked each other up, and they were already in the spirit of it. We have to hope, yeah. Because the the funniest, I the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life, the hardest I've ever laughed in my life was at the blooper reel for this, uh, for Firefly. And there's the shot from the message where they're doing the panning around the room as he's you know in a coffin oh, on the yeah, ground, yeah, and you're yeah, listening yeah. to him talk, and you're just supposed to be you know you're doing this whole circle pan all the way across, and it goes around a couple times, and you're seeing everyone's reaction as you're hearing this voiceover from a dead guy, right? And the <laughs> <laughs> the, the blooper is it starts on like someone and it starts panning and you see uh, Mal and then it keeps panning past him and he leaves the frame and then it keeps panning and you might not notice it the first few times but Nathan Fillion is running under the camera frame and standing and just getting into the shot repeatedly so as it keeps panning past him he keeps being next to Jane and then next to Kaylee and then next to Book and always <laughs> perfectly in character very somber and he's somber as shit and everyone around and him everybody else is losing up. it like, and, and trying really hard to keep and, it and he does it like four times and you're like okay I get it and then it keeps going and yeah. he just keeps doing it he keeps doing it's like nine times in a row it's one of those your, your, your feedback loop of laughter you just start crying laughing looking at it 
He also oh uh, he also is kind of notorious for for going to cons and photobombing other people's pictures. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a I saw at least one blog that was a collation of Nathan Fillion photobombing random people. So I was like, this show gave me Joss Whedon and Nathan Fillion, and that's that's what that's what I'm proud of. I'm happy for that. And you know, I I I've seen Alan Tudyk in a few things since. Gina Torres hasn't gotten as much as I'd like, but she's on a show now. I think. Before she's, this, I think I'd only something. seen her in the Matrix Revolutions. Or she's Reload. only in that for like thirty seconds. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. She's yeah. like the other ant or something. Uh, Inara. Well, oh. you know, that was just uh, so she, you know, she and Larry could run off together. And I never got into V, so Marina Baccarin, not a big deal. Kaylee, I knew. Fucking Jewel State. I knew from Space Cases on Nickelodeon. Well, Marina Baccarin, this was one of her first jobs, if not her first job. Really? Acting. So they were yeah, they had a problem with the original Inara and replaced her with a an, an unknown actress with not a lot of credits? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, all actress starts from somewhere. Yeah, the so. other one, uh, the, uh, uh, Rebecca, Rebecca Gayhart was the original Inara, and she was an established actress, but, uh, you know, chemistry just didn't work out, so... <laughs> and uh and i remember right background is now on homeland if you have a chance to see that show um and it's i don't know if it's a thing with her i don't know how she debuted in v i never saw that show but uh also the very first the very first surfer ever seen in the very first episode of homeland she's also having sex uh in that one but totally nude this time because it's a cable show so um yeah you're, you're gonna get you're checking it out now aren't you Trey, I, I, I was gonna say read you loud and clear it's, yeah. on, it's on itunes message it, right? received yeah uh She's great in Homeland. She's really great in Homeland. You know, she's really, really quite good. On uh, on V, she just appeared in a video message. Okay, on, not, on so show. not having sex so, and naked. Not having so, sex. And so naked, Homeland's no. a better show. But uh, isn't she? <laughs> she did. She, she did get naked. there at, at one point. She did. She did get to the point of being naked, and then she like ate a guy's head. <laughs> That's a really inconvenient way to organize your DVDs. I have this <laughs> is my Marina this is my Marina Backroom was naked having sex shelf, mm-hmm. and this is my other movies shelf. It's just one disc yeah. on the top shelf. Yeah. And it, it's like, I'm, but that's but, the dream. <laughs> you, point at the empty, yeah. you point at the empty shelf and you go, that's the dream. That's, well, no, someday. <laughs> it's like, here's my Miranda background having sex shelf and here's my other, other movie shelf. It's like, well, the, but the other shelf is actually empty. Well, yes, Miranda background's not having sex. Why would <laughs> yeah, I buy those? There's no reason to own that. Yeah, yeah. I like, uh, I feel bad for these guys because they seem like good folk. These guys who are buying the, uh, Black market medicine. Patience is lackeys, you mean? Yeah. Two fry? Two fry. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I'm I'm conflating this with war stories when they go to meet up with the guys and they get laser pointed on the eyes and Yeah, yeah. that's no I was guys. like, no. No, <laughs> no yeah. not uh, patience not, is not patience. Uh, they're 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 bad guys. Just collating data as they say. That's, yeah, this one is, is where suddenly it's like, okay. Remember how we said this was a western? It's totally a western. <laughs> it's a weird it's a weird space western. That's set like 15 miles up the five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's Angeles National Forest. If I've ever saw it, seen it. That's what, that's what all of outside of Los Angeles look like. Yeah. That's that scrub land. And it's the Mojave, <laughs> the Mojave desert. Yeah. Yeah. Now this is, if you want to kick a cat, yeah. it's, it's yeah. not kicked yet. Wait for it. Yeah. It is kicked. Oh, oh. Oof, oof. <laughs> that's, Damn. That's why. Well, Luke and, Skywalker, and, no. And, and Whedon did that so that we, we all like it, it when he gets shot in the head later. We yeah. go, yeah, good. Shoot that guy in the head. Fuck that guy. Oh, I, I learned a million dollar word for a driver bed and I heard you forgot it. Just the same way I forgot about uh, Dark Angel. <laughs> a million dollar <laughs> word equivalent. for what? A driver bed. There's a escarpment. I think. That I yeah, thought, I thought that was a cliff. Is there, no, but there's, there, I think it's a shorter word. I want to think it's like a five or six letter it's word. It's an alluvial fan. Mm. 
That was good. It's a wash. It's a wash. <laughs> I think that's what a escarpment is. Let me see. There's certainly a lot of them on Mars, which would make sense. If I like, uh, I like, I like the character of Patience. You know, I do like, little, I like Patience little, as a character. This little quick little you know introduction that this you know sort of seems like she should play the grandmother who runs a bed and breakfast, and yet she's the leader of the ferocious outlaw gang. What I love you know, this is a great, great casting against type. Something about the scene that I hadn't noticed, and I, I don't remember when I put it together. I think it might be mentioned on the commentary or something, but I didn't notice it, and I, it makes me appreciate the writing even more. Is Jane can't hear them. He can hear Mal because he's wired up. Jane is getting instructions from Mal on who to shoot when he says, "Nice hat." That, that your best is that your best shot? Mm-hmm. He's like, "Yeah." Makes it nice and clean. Nice hat. Yeah. That's how Jane knows to shoot him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what's happening in that scene. I love that. Also, I love the hat, but that's you know secondary. <laughs> but that's incidental. An escarpment yeah. is a steep slope or long cleft, so Trey was right, that occurs from erosion or faulting and separates two relatively level areas of differing elevations. Well, let's and figure out this riverbed yeah, thing. Yeah, now we got to get to the bottom of the riverbed. That's a good word, though. I didn't know that word. Oh, A very steep cliff, you said? Uh, a steep slope or long cliff. Oh, so they're at the bottom of an escarpment. Yes. Sort of. Incidentally. Uh, maybe. Um, oh, well, whatever. I don't know if we've gotten a wide enough angle to tell. Uh, alluvium or alluvia is loose, unconsolidated... That's the, that's the runoff from a river. Yeah. That's like a delta. You know, alluvial will form a delta, but I don't think that's the riverbed itself. I like that they haven't, as as we saw with with the guy I and mean, as we're seeing right now. I like that they haven't really. Um, they they're they're not they didn't try to do space guns. It's just their guns. Yeah. They, there's some space gun sound. Well, a little bit. in the uh, not, in the opening fight, there's like. Blasters and stuff. Right, right. Yeah, there's lasers from the ships. But I do like that they just have guns. Yeah, but here, in fact, I, they make out here on thing. the frontier. They don't have that yeah. fancy. The last, the I, last I really letter. like this this little twist here. That the stuff is food. I enjoy the twist that you think it's like bars oh, of gold yeah. or bronze or whatever, and yeah. then it turns out to be food. I like that a lot. It's gold covered chocolate coins. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but one's got a golden ticket in it. You can go to the Wonka factory. They make a whole thing about it's called the Lassiter, right? The first laser gun. Yes. Where yeah. it's like it's a historical artifact because it was the first laser gun there was, and it's still not something that everyone has. That's cool. So I guess I do like the bullets. Arroyo is a uh, Arroyo dry river. Okay, there bed. you go. Let's do that name. I think that's that must be it. I think that's it. So River hasn't remembered she's a super warrior just yet. No. Yeah, she's she had a long night. She's still tired from the trip, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. River is an interesting case study. We actually because there's so little River in this episode, we haven't even talked about River very much. I uh, how do you guys feel about the way her character went? In I, what sense? It, it, the, the whole the series of revelations about what they did to her, they cut into her head and chopped up her brain and all that stuff. I like the character that results. I like the 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 incredibly, I, I guess, the unpredictability, the, the psychotic yeah. little girl to killer dynamic that she can have. Like how in objects in space, the way she kind of jokes around with Mal on the ship at the end and all that stuff. With the you know, and a power in the verse can stop me moments. I like the character we get. It's a little far-fetched, all of the reasoning behind it, but it's a space show, so I'll give it to him. (laughs) This show lives in a spaceship, dear. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So? (laughs) So your objection is the same as Wash's. That's like something out of science fiction. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah, it works for me. I guess the the bigger one is just the... I'm I'm queuing off not the story points, but the, uh, the way it's shot when they do the flashbacks of them putting, like, the needle in her head and all that stuff. It looks a little... I don't know. It's very outer, campy. Always very outer limits to me. It looked like outer. Whoop! <laughs> bye bye, two fry. Now there's the uh, fun little fun little tidbit again. If you listen to the commentary to this, and there's another thing where you go. I don't you know. I don't know what this show is. 
Zoe just got blasted in the chest. Yeah. yeah. I guess she's dead, isn't she? Who the hell gets oh, it's, 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 it's still that pilot mentality. It's like, yeah. until the show is done, the show has Yeah, anyone's started. up for grabs. Yeah. But, and, then, and then again, you know, damn you, Whedon, for cutting, <laughs> cutting right out of the middle of an action scene to go for the, you know, the husband, yeah. not aware that his wife just got pasted in the chest. But um, the, anyway, I was pointing out just a, a fun fact that I, I certainly didn't pick up on, but from, is in the, is in the commentary where there's that very, didn't talk about an arch camera move when the, and it's in the, it's in the opening credits too, where they, they're, Mal and Zoe draw their guns and the, and the camera swings underneath in a yeah. huge grandiose gesture. Yeah, it's cool. That's, he did that on the fly on the day because the sun was changing and, and they needed to shoot the rest of the I scene see. from the other side of, from the other side. So they'd, they'd be in the, they'd be in the key light again. And so he had to, he had to find a way to indicate to, to the audience, the to, to flip the screen direction of the right. entire rest of the shootout. That's cool. No, I was just thinking, it's just cracked me up. You'd think, you'd think that if the series got canceled and everyone lived or the movie finished and everyone lived, that they survived a Joss Whedon movie. It'd just be funny if he went on Twitter one day and said, Kaylee died yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, what? It's that's, like Dumbledore's gay. Oh, Kaylee died yesterday. <laughs> Fuck. Just because we're canceled doesn't mean you're safe. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> How'd she die? I won't even tell I'm, you. I'm the one. Who, I brought her to life. I, now I just killed her. <laughs> She's dead now. Everyone else on the ship is very sad. But you don't get to see them or talk to them. I'm not going to tell you what happened. Now, that would actually be really interesting if Josh just created a Twitter account or his his own Twitter <laughs> account. And just every day was like, this happened on Serenity today. Yeah. It's like, well, there, there, there's, there are Twitter accounts that are like that. There's, there's the Next Generation Season 8 or yes, whatever, which is, which is yeah. hysterical. And uh, someone was trying to keep the Studio 60 alive on Twitter for a while. But, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the, that's the hill to die on. So, yeah, yeah there's... Uh, this this weird dichotomy of uh, of uh, Mal, you know, it's like okay, patience. Everyone said patience was going to try and ambush you. She tried to ambush you, but you don't kill her because you're like, okay, look, next time, seriously, don't do this again. Yeah, and the, I'll okay. be back and don't do that. So the Reavers performed a retrograde burn. Yeah, exactly. Like, somebody they're like in the midst of raping and cannibalism. Somebody has to go. Well, no, we have to flip the ship around for our yeah, retrograde burn. We have to burn. calculate our, our reentry. I, I, you, when it comes to sci-fi, you don't really think about that that much. It's like it becomes like driving a car. It's like the car will figure it out. I'm just gonna. It's, well, it, but in this show, it's pretty well established that you you have to actually fly these ships. They're not. Yeah. They're not. Yeah, they're know, more like self-aware. Planes. They're not. Yeah. Uh, I. How do you guys feel about Goram? I love yeah, it. Sure. I love the fact yeah. that it's become kind of used. I it, use Goram much more than Frack. Yeah, oh, Frack. Yeah. Frack. Yeah. I don't use. I never don't use that one because Frack. I think it seems too cloying as a fake cuss word. It seems yeah. like it's trying to be fucked too hard. Yeah. Goram actually doesn't even sound like it's a made up cuss word because it, you feel like, I don't know if you could at the time, but you feel like they could have said goddamn, but said Goram instead. So it makes it feel like it's an evolution of the language somehow. Yeah. I don't know. It just rolls off the tongue a lot. Nice. It feels like the same word just modified to roll off the tongue a lot. Yeah. nicer. And yeah. they, they use it. I've, I've, I started watching Battlestar Galactica. I'm not that many, um, uh, episodes in, but like they use Goram kind of, Natural, it's like frack. They use a lot. It they, calls, use, they, they overuse attention every, to itself. They overuse it. There was yeah. one scene where I remember watching. I didn't watch all of all of Battlestar, but there was one scene when uh, uh, 
Starbuck. Starbuck is the female character, right? The yeah, yes, girl. the fighter pilot. Starbuck literally says, you know, and it's interesting, like, well, that's kind of interesting that they kind of were able to do that on basic cable, but she's talking to Apollo and she goes, I want a frack. I want a frack. Like, why? She's actually saying she wants to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I want a frack. I want a frack. And I was like, well, see, now you're taking kind of the, you've, you're, as Pat Nozzle will say, well, now you're taking the fun out of the word. Yeah. <laughs> I also, I mean, you're being literal with it. Goram works for me, but that's because everything sort of sloughs out of people's mouths in this show. Everything is yeah. just this perfect nectary old Great school. Moment. So this, this is the moment, as we talked about before yeah. with Futurama. You know, it, that moment in a in a TV show, we go, okay, I love you forever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. This one moment, you have sold me on everything else, and that yeah. you know was my certainly mine. And sure again, that's that's abbreviated standoff. That's Whedon going. Everyone's seen this scene a thousand times. How can I do this differently? Right. You know, it's and, like, it, and if it you sell- take one more, bam, <laughs> yeah. and it tells you it it automatically raises the stakes because you're okay. I've set up this classic cliche scene, but we don't have time for it because we yeah. have this other thing. <laughs> right. You know, subconsciously you go, oh, then the 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 actual plot complication that's going to take such and such screen time to get through mm-hmm. that must be an even bigger deal. Yeah, I was talking about the language. The uh, I like I like the sort of vernacular of the show. I also like the uh, the use of Chinese. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, that's Mandarin. I think that's great. I, I really the, like the that. The quiet use of that. They never really yeah. explain. If if you're a big fan, of course you know that you know fi- it's 500 years in the future and the Sino American. The alliance is the Sino American alliance. Oh. It's China and uh, America got together and became a superpower, um, which was which was. Best case you know, scenario, guys. Yeah, I'm saying that's the best yeah. case scenario. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they let us have a half. Exactly. Share. I was yeah. thinking that. I'm like, we got, we got the. We the still get half the, the world. All right, that's that's pretty good. Uh, that's I, a good deal. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, and so Chinese became um, part of the one of the nat- like the international basic languages. Yeah, it, it became the trade language essentially. Yeah, the, so, the but, but if you are not as much of a fan that you you know you go into the information and stuff like that it still works yeah it's happening and you're like that feels real i don't know why they're doing that but it's the future it's different and that yeah. feels real tunic tunic uh, i just like tunic's commentary about uh, you know that washes washes the wacky guy except that the fun thing is like when he's flying he gets totally serious yeah mm-hmm. it's like he's like if everyone could just <laughs> suddenly he's the calm quiet you know where it's where it's life or death and he's the one who gets all serious and gets into his flag and i love that they ported is it happening here or does it happen later is this the crazy ivan does yes that, does that happen i love here? the fact that crazy I, ivan i love that they port yeah. it's it's a it's a it's a sailing term no it's it's, a submarine it's, term. it's it's not even a submarine term it's specifically from red october it was invented by tom clancy in red october no shit yeah oh it's it's, it's a specific quote from red october i thought well what am i thinking of oh uh, i'm thinking of Port hauling or whatever it is when they drop the anchor on one side and just spin the ship real quick. Keep port, uh, keel hauling is, keel, no, keel keel hauling is different. Else, not that. They're port rounding, I think, or something. Port, uh, port rounding, well, yeah. And, and they case. did that in Battleship. I just, but I just like, <laughs> I just like that they flip one of the. They have these cool ass nacelles on the sides of the ship. They just kick one over and yeah. okay. Which would, in reality, probably all just tear the <laughs> just ship tear apart. the ship apart. But in reality, the ship can't fly anyway. Yes. So you know, let's, let's, let's split hairs. But. Um, you know, it's like where, where's the fuel for those little tiny engine pods that can lift that thing all the way up into orbit? <laughs> I but, love Kaylee. I always but wanted to try one. Yeah. <laughs> and then her other thing. Look, look where I'm pointing. Look where I'm pointing. <laughs> She's <laughs> sweet but impatient at the same time. But uh, again, it's it's what I do like about the the crazy Ivan is is the again I don't know at what point the genesis where whether crazy Ivan was written into the script and then they said well I guess the ship has to have these two big 
you know, lifting nozzles on either side that can counter rotate or, or if the ship was designed and they said, you know, what we could do with that. We could do this crazy move that, you know, you'd only do in a desperate life or death situation. But, um, you know, just again, it's the integrated thing. It's like, you know, it's like, well, if you had a ship like that, then at some point you might get desperate enough to try that move. And I like how big of a deal they make it. And even out of context, even if you haven't seen red October or haven't heard crazy Ivan in the vernacular anywhere, the way they're talking about it sounds like, oh, this is dangerous. Yeah. Because well, it's like, I need you to give me an like idea. It's like a theoretical thing. Right. It's like, it's like we don't no, do this no, all the time. No one thinks this is going to work. And the way yeah. they build it up is a perfect. It's a, it's on, on their on their future YouTube, there are like hundreds of videos of people just fucking themselves up trying <laughs> Crazy <laughs> Ivan. That's what my attempt at the Crazy <laughs> yeah. Ivan. Teenager does Crazy Ivan in Walmart parking lot, <laughs> yeah. knocks over two cars. Exactly. Fail. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Fail videos of people trying the crazy Ivan in their fireflies. <laughs> oh, dude, that was a sweet firefly too. He totally wrecked it. Oh, isn't yeah. that? Isn't that this, that's it's the about, shot. Yeah, it's here's the shot right here. Yep. that's my. That's, oh, here it is. It panned right over, there. and there's, he's holding. There's he's not holding no anything. steering column. Yeah, he's not holding anything. Yeah. I. That's, he, it wasn't supposed to pan over like that. <laughs> no, it was supposed to pan over like that. Oh. He he couldn't get him into the shot if he was actually at the steering right. column. So they just said, just scoot the chair back and pretend you're at you're you're at the t- at the console. That's amazing. <laughs> The the fact that you can build this entire world and, te- and texture it <laughs> yeah, so good and you can't get the steering column into the shot. <laughs> still on the day, you're like, oh, he's not actually holding shit. And that makes it there. What's really charming about it is that they didn't fix it in post and like put a CG yeah. thing there. Oh, they couldn't have afforded that. That would, that would be a bit beyond their, their abilities. I, what I, I took a valuable lesson from that, too. That's like I, I saw the show 10 times before I... Yeah. Listen to the commentary. I never yeah. noticed he wasn't holding the steering that's wheel. That's probably why they let it slide. They were like, no one's It's like, it. but that's such a great you know lesson for filmmaking. It's like, you know, you get away with all kinds of insane <laughs> shit. Did you see the dancing bear? Exactly. Yeah. It's exactly. a great lesson for life. You know, it's like, yeah, you got to try your hardest and you got to, you know, really ma- make something and, and create, be special. Yeah. There's a point but where they'll miss it. But half the but time, just half assing, it it'll get you through the day. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be fine. Oh. Uh, this is the, the the absolution scene, one might say. Oh, I get it. Yeah, <laughs> I see what they're doing. Hey, this is this is probably the most heavy-handed part of the yeah. So, what with the symbolism and book nearly breaking? Yeah. What if we now? But if you understand another character exactly. with a deep dark past, if you understand the greater get, context of his character, yeah. I guess he sees this as falling off the wagon. Like this is right. like taking his first drink in thirty years, kind of thing. Yeah. So that might be why he's so upset about it. If we're going to retcon, um, but that would fit. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. At that point, if you he if swore you, this off, he became a preacher. He did that for thirty years, and then today he killed a man. Yeah, Just or he let a, he let a man be killed, yeah. right? Which presumably is something he swore he would never allow yeah. to happen in his presence again, or something like that. Yeah, like he fell. I'm saying he fell off the wagon. Yeah, that, and that makes sense. Exactly. I guess. He fell off the killing wagon. Fell off the not did, killing did, wagon. Did we ever find out? Did, like people talk about books, books past? Not that I know. It, although it was the more, assumption was it was more it was overtly in... it was more overtly done in the show, though. I mean, it's like they when, ma- you, have, you have the other. I don't think he was called an operative, but in Object in Space, the guy in Object yeah, in Space or, or says, Early. you know, Jubal Early, who's the equivalent of what became the operative in the in the feature. You know, he just says that ain't no Shepard. There's a whole plot that point in uh, in one of the episodes where his his credentials idea. get immediate, you know, oh, get yeah. them immediate service. Um, and then in Serenity, they they follow it up, where it's like, you know, someday you're going to tell me why you know so much, and he's like, no, no, I'm not. You know, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> Josh put it into the. So it certainly uh, seems like there's a comic about it, yeah. uh, and the short version is. 
he used to work for the Alliance, but I don't recall in what capacity. I, I never I, actually read it. I just kind of assumed he used to be an operative, and that's how he knew Which, about Which, in, in just fashion, I would hope that that isn't what it is. Right. right. You know, there's two other obvious. twists and turns. Yeah, exactly. But, that, yeah. Yeah. but there is a kind of other that goes into that, I think. In fact, you can probably find it on his character page on Wiki at this point. Yeah, that's probably true. Probably so, yeah. And there's uh, Summer making her first appearance in the damn show. <laughs> oh, she was in a box before. I didn't mind. I'm just saying it's nice to have her now. I love all this stuff. And I also love that there's a whole part of the ship you've never seen. They're in the top of the head of the Firefly. The nose goes down. There's a space down there that we never go into. Well, that's where the bathroom is. <laughs> Pretty much. That, that, that's it. It's, he comes out of there at, at some episode. I don't know if it's this one, but some episode he comes out. He's kind of drying off his hands. Like he's, is that he's, really? Yeah. They said that they talk about that too. That there used to be like a, a a little set decoration down there, but then they took that out during somewhere during production, and they just never never back really in. established what was down there. They always had it sort of available, to like well, someday maybe we'll do something with it down there. And this is a great little. This is a great little. It's character. a perfect moment. Great little. Yeah. Great little touch, and just this, you know, this idea of like it really brings it. Oh, there's also the space boobs there that apparently were also mm-hmm. removed the 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 bridge boobs, but um, you know, it really like. Mal is a real bizarre character that he will let this guy, you know, yeah. be on the ship because he does have a, a usefulness. Yeah, well, I, I, that's that's one of the reasons I, I, you know, I like Out of Gas so much because it shows he True, knows yeah. that that's who Jane is. It's, you know, there's the in in it's not you like know, it has in, any in romantic relationships. It's like, well, if you're the person, you know, if if you're the other woman, if if a guy cheats on you with his girlfriend or she's on his girlfriend with you, and then you get together, He's that's probably going to happen again. You're probably not going to be the one to get him off that wagon, you right. know? And it's it's the same thing here. It's like, Mal knows. He's like, the only reason if you're he cheated here... cheated for you, he'll cheat on yeah, you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. The, the only reason you're here is because I paid you more than that other team you were already with. Right. So someone pays you more than me, you're going over there. And I understand that. I'm not going to go down without a fight, <laughs> but I understand yeah. that that's how you work. I also like it's a... Going back to we were talking about before, it's it's within the universe, it's within the story, it's Mal kind of accepting Jane as a human being, going, okay, you're a human being, there are parts of you that I like and are useful to me and are worth, you know, worth enough to keep you around, but I understand there are also parts that I don't like, I wish weren't there, but... That's not up to me to decide. You're a human being, and those and are all the parts, component that, parts to you. That's one of the things that makes the later episode Ariel very interesting. Yeah, is yeah. they had that understanding, right? And so it's it, they had the understanding that okay, someday it's going to come come down to you or me, right? And that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah. And when it comes down to that, and Mal has the upper hand, he chooses not to right. to follow but, through. And he, and he chooses because. Jane shows a, a stray of humanity where he's, he's not so concerned about dying. His last thing is, don't tell him. Make something don't up. Tell right. him what, don't tell him how I died. Because he cares don't tell about him what them. I did. And that's what makes Mal decide right. to save him, that, that there's the glimmer of humanity in him after all. Yeah. Before that, it was just a straight transaction. Like, yeah. That was our deal, and now you have to go. But then it's like, okay, wait, you're now you're turning into a person. Now, oh, no, I'm yeah. now, now, you, now you care about them. Yeah. And, uh, and a similar like one it. just went by. It's one of my favorite Mal lines, which is when <laughs> the doctor says, how do I know you won't kill me in my sleep? Yeah. He says, you don't know me, son, so let me say this just once. If I ever kill you, you'll be awake, you'll be facing me, and you'll be armed. And I you, love that line. Did you see the recent story about the college professor who had a poster of that on his door and got, oh, rep- yeah. got, yeah, that was a thing. Oh, got right. reprimanded? Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. Hear that. Because, I didn't. you know, it's advocating he's, violence and killing to kill some people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like, so that was it. We did it. Um, Merry go. Christmas, everyone. This was actually fun. Yeah. You know, it's a little... It was, nice to revisit. Yeah. It's, and I, it's only 90 minutes. It's the shortest, shortest movie we've ever done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this and Nightmare Before Christmas. It, it, uh, it, 
I will say, going back to what we said at the beginning, I think it holds up very well. It did. There was like a couple of shots where you go, yeah, maybe you could plus that a little bit. But, uh, you know, yeah. Radium and Zoic. So I guess Zoic did exist. And I guess they they came together or something. I don't recall the specifics of it. But I love uh, love Firefly. Uh, Firefly was my introduction into Joss. That actually didn't even pan out for real until the next time I got into a Joss thing, which was Dr. Horrible. Um, and since then, the Avengers and Cabin in the Woods and all those things have been really fun. And I still haven't gotten into Dollhouse nor Buffy, <laughs> but I'm glad the show existed. I'm glad I have the box set. I'm almost glad that this is fucked up, man. I'm about to say some shit. <laughs> I'm almost glad it didn't go on for a million seasons because it could have gotten it could have gone, gone, gone. Yeah, could have gone oh this is, this is totally in tv terms the one that got away yeah it yeah. will always be the this one. was this was the hot one you dated in college it, yeah. that yeah. It, you had to move away like a month later but it didn't go bad before you left so it's just this we, perfect thing we totally had a thing man yeah yeah it, and not to mention yeah. the fact that then i'd have to buy a lot of box sets and i only have so much shelf space <laughs> a lot of box sets. wouldn't it be wouldn't it be weird to be in an alternate universe where we're talking about how oh my god when whedon left the show in season five and the show just <laughs> totally screwed the pooch after that that was so sad yeah. they should never have done season five they should have stopped at season four because that was awesome and the and the third movie like they just didn't care now they're just <laughs> not just milking it i would say maybe one more season just saying one more season but anyway firefly is great and i'm, I'm glad this is one <laughs> of my f- two fewer seasons and, and two fewer movies yeah this is <laughs> that's our watchword exactly uh it's probably one of my favorite episodes i like out of gas i like uh object in space a lot and more stories but um I can pop any of these episodes in anytime and watch them. And they're mostly like on the streaming sites, like they're on Netflix and Hulu and yes, all that stuff. So. There's, there's, it's because of the, because I think because of the great, you know, Serenity is the greatest show. There's, there's literally nowhere on earth that you can't get, get Firefly <laughs> yeah. anymore. You can get Firefly anywhere at any time. It's still airing on cable. The Science Channel runs it. It's on every streaming service there is. You can probably find a guy on your street corner who will sell you the DVDs. <laughs> it is the most accessible show in television history now. Brian, do your summary of Firefly for the show. It is a show that I enjoy. Well done. Cool. Wow. Mike? Yes. I also enjoy it. <laughs> um, I think I think my, my I'll say my, my least favorite episodes are probably The Message and Heart of Gold. Yeah. Those are probably my favorite. Heart of Gold, I've heard a couple favorite. people say Heart of Gold is one of their favorites. I like it. I like, I like how, it's so okay. I like I how mean, dead woody it is. It's like sort it. of a Pixar scale yeah. type of thing. I mean, exactly. I still like I it, but um, what we used to call the Pixar scale anyway. Yeah. Um, but uh, I like, uh, yeah, I guess Bushwhack. Because it's early on, I kind of, I guess, give it more of a mulligan than, than anything. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, they were we didn't so, even talk about the Bushwhack. Uh, yeah, but... Yeah. Uh, I, I really, I actually really like Object in Space because of how bizarre it is, and you yeah. can because it's that guy because it's the character yeah. who brings that. It's not the show doing that; it's the character doing that. The character and that brings it, in this whole thing. That's what makes it yeah. fascinating. I, I actually me. like Object in Space. It, it was the commentary that ruined it for me. Oh. It's, it's just like the, the episode itself was fun. How my, highfalutin and all. My actual favorite episode, I'll be the outlier, is our Mrs. Reynolds. Uh, oh yeah. Because because uh, yeah, uh, I be- like our just because uh, for me that that they're all so good that episode that episode yeah. threads the needle between hilariously funny yeah. and still and action and you know, exciting yeah. and dramatic and 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 brings you know brings in the, the only other character that recurred besides Badger that they brought back for a second episode because she was such an interesting character and then they and came such back a great and, foil for Mal yeah and then like she came back in Trash which is an episode that I always forget exists yeah Trash was great Trash they're all great, great. Trash was just a straight caper but it was interesting that they, you know in only 13 episodes they brought her back again yeah because she is you know she's she's that she's the the, the Lana Lang to, to yeah. Mal you know she's the she's the, the nemesis yet and it's so, what is her deal exactly it's so well done like and she's, when a, I, she's when gone I, on to become so now she's a big deal 
Christina, right. and now she's on Mad Men, and everyone. You know, it's like I, that's the that's I knew she was awesome ten years ago when yeah. she was on, on she was our Mrs. Ratchet. When, I, she, when she, I show that to people, and and when I'm showing them the series, and trash comes comes in, like they gasp when they see her face <laughs> show up again. Yeah. They're like, oh! <laughs> I actually remember going to a convention in Florida. Uh, right before Mad Men started and she was there and I went up and was like hi so what are you working on and she's like oh this thing um is the Sopranos guy that made Mad Men, right, or whatever? It's, I, the, the show that another show that I have not followed. So yeah, I but you know the show that he did, he's doing a new show about the fifties and it's going to be on AMC soon. And all I heard was just blood rushing through my ears. But my <laughs> friend later told me breasts uh, so large, <laughs> hair so red. <laughs> wow. Anyway, anyway, Trey, continue. <laughs> yeah, so our Mrs. Reynolds is uh, is probably my my just just because it's it's. To me, it's the quintessential Firefly episode. If you want to boil like what the show is, it's an Armist Around because it's funny and also dramatic and 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 fun with great character work. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, Serenity. Um, the Firefly. net result of this commentary is that I just want to watch all the episodes. Yeah, now. I know. Now I just want to. But we're going to argue about which one we're going to watch first. We could skip Janestown. No, we have to watch Janestown. Right. Um, yeah, Firefly is like I said. It's still just to me. It's a masterclass in 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 television writing and in crafting a scenario and crafting characters that can get you through hopefully many seasons and this, this is a show that was built to last and would have i think i think this i think oh, yeah. that's I, the it, real it's not like it's not like this show would have turned to shit in one more episode yeah. this you know an, the rest of this season the back half of this season probably the second season and probably the third season would have been freaking television gold unless something went wrong if they went beyond that it probably would have had diminishing returns just like every every show does but but i think you know we really did get we really did get robbed of what could have been, you know. Yeah, a, that's the real ironic gold standard of this, whole thing. Of, of like, this kind of show. It shows like Lost and Battlestar. That's you know start out with us. Yes, we have a great grand mystery and plan and yeah. direction, and they really don't. And they're just bullshitting <laughs> and they bullshit their way through four, six, or they, or whatever or they it is. Pull their punch in the case of Lost. Yeah, but. and uh, uh, and then Firefly actually does have that legitimately has that and you know we didn't really does have that in his head and he's he's laying out all of those guns on the mantle you know 10 20 guns on the mantle they go yep we're just gonna start yeah. pulling these down eventually <laughs> and it doesn't get the opportunity that show doesn't get the opportunity to do it while Battlestar and lost and a new of others <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do I'm so yeah. angry about the new girl I don't, I don't know why <laughs> just because it you think the new girl has a deep dark story arc or no just the fact that that, that gets successful? like four seasons and something like this but anyway yeah is, is, is the new girl your new Big girl. Bang Theory I haven't is I it haven't. nerd girl blackface no no it doesn't it doesn't offend me on that level it's it offends Chloe the, it's, yeah. just, it's just yeah. on the level like I've, I've seen it I've seen it on at like the gym or whatever and I'll watch it for like three two three minutes just looking and I'm go this is the worst thing I've <laughs> ever worst seen thing. well sadly and you can argue about it all you want but shows stay on the air because people are watching them so you know this one wasn't being watched, and that's why it's no longer on the air. The and that's why Fire I hate everyone. The problem yes. with Firefly isn't that people didn't watch it and love it. It's that they didn't watch it and love it at the right time. Yeah. We all watched it and loved it on DVD, but Fox don't care about that. Right. So there's no commercials. Well, they, although although bit, if it al enough. although if it had been like shifted forward by like five years, if if it hadn't been two thousand three, if it had been like two thousand eight or something, we could realistically be have been looking at Netflix bringing it because they do they're doing it with the rest of development they yeah. did it with some other show yeah so rest that of development though is that's that's a little cheaper than sure Firefly would have but it, but it's it's interesting to think that that we're getting to like Firefly might be the last one that we really lose out on in in such a way because 
coming down the pipe, something like Netflix or Hulu or something might jump in and go, okay, how about we we take you know Fox or whoever they approach him, how about we we take on one more season? You whatever they did that with Scrubs too or Scrubs, yeah, we'll take on one more season just. Just to see yeah. people, we'll you know, take people, the risk, and and you yeah. get a little reward if it pays off. Yeah, people, I, people come in, uh, complain about the way community is getting treated. Honestly, I think NBC is being really fair. Yeah, yeah. I think NBC is like kind of being a hero and going. I swear to God, you guys, no one's watching. Yeah. Okay, fine. <laughs> one more, <laughs> right. yeah. one more. Like I'll give you guys one last chance to rile up the entire planet to watch the show that no <laughs> yeah. one really watches. No one's watching. It's like, and and the trade off there is, you know, we'll get into the now we're getting into the business of television, but the trade off there is the community is is almost at the magical syndication number. Right. And that's five that's, seasons, right? <laughs> 100, 100 episodes, episodes, give or take, is right. the number. That's where Fringe is, you know, Fringe is, you know, <laughs> they've been they've been dragging their ass across the goal line for three years <laughs> to get to 100 <laughs> episodes. And then they're like, now we're out, we're done. Woo! But the, um, you know, but that's where, that's where, of course, it, the, the dynamic starts to go the other way is the producers who are the ones who make the money off the DVD sales and the, and the syndication, the producers of the show itself are the ones going to Fox or NBC saying, look, Green light is for 13 more episodes. We'll give them to you f- for a candy bar. We'll give them to you at cost because we're going to make a mint if we can get to syndication. Right. And the networks know that. So it's like, okay, we'll give you one more half season, but for a dollar. Right. And, you know, and we'll, we'll give you a slot. We might even get, not even give you a time, a time slot, but, you know, just fine. Make your 13 episodes, but scratch my back. I'll scratch yours. So, but yeah, community is, you know, community's getting those last episodes largely because they're, crawling to the goalpost of trying to get to syndication numbers. So come on, Fox, only 87 more episodes. Only 87 more of these, and, and, and then you won't make any money off it because you don't, the, 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 the network doesn't Works make, for me, works for you, let's the, do it. That's right. Come on, work with me on this. you gotta, you got to meet me halfway on this kind of stuff. You scratch my back, and I'll scratch my back too. Yeah. Anyway. And right, I'm so, going to have a really great time. So it's, it's you know, it's an indication of, it's it's, it's sad, but, you know, and again, we we, we, were, we talked, we joked before we started this commentary about how we were going to just spend the whole time being typical fanboys and go, they should totally bring this show back. It would be a huge hit. They would totally bring this back. It would be a huge hit, which is not true. And please stop saying that if you're a person who says that sort of thing. Um, but it's nice that everyone on the show, you know, now they just had the 10 year anniversary and obviously it was a very special time for them. And it's always, a, you know, they all regret that they didn't get to go further. It's just like the rest of us regret would that. have been nice. Yeah. But but, you know, they've all their lives didn't end. Pretty yeah. much all of them are on other shows and have done many other projects. You know, it's like Miranda Baccarin and, uh, and um, you know, Mr. Castle Dude and uh, Jewel State, you know, are all on series again now. Um, Adam Baldwin's working just fine. Tudyk has been Although, doing a lot of voice acting lately. Yeah. He's, Tudyk, out, Tudyk he's outstanding. And he's been doing a number of movies, you know, little funny, wacky movies he's been doing. And uh, If anyone saw Wreck-It Ralph, was- that crazy... King of the Candyland. Yeah, yeah. he's the, the one who sounds like the Mad oh, Hatter, the weird was, Edwin yeah. guy. Oh, okay. That was Alan Tudyk. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I, I'm watching the credits. Like, I wanted to see who did a certain voice. I'm like, Alan. Tudyk. Yeah, yeah. He Wait. was the be- he was also the best part of Transformers Three. He was not. Oh, wow. I don't know what movie he thought he was in, but it was not Transformers <laughs> Three. And I oh, wish I were watching that. Yeah, movie. yeah. He's yeah. in Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Oh yeah, he's yeah. Done features. And Everyone's like getting that. their pieces. Everyone's of it. getting their things. I, I, I think Ron Glass is semi-retired. Yeah. I think yeah. otherwise yeah. we'd be seeing. I, more d- I do love the fact, like you were talking about with the the ten year anniversary and stuff like that. I mean, there are people who there are shows that that actors go on that they're like, yeah, that was fun, and then they kind of yeah. move on with their lives forever. Whereas, whereas it's. 
I, I think one of the reasons that that this this show has endured so much with at least you know the the current generation. I mean, it's probably it'll pass uh, with with you know the next generation who didn't grow up with it or whatever. But um, I think part of why it's so enduring is it's like they you can. There, there is something special about this show to the point that the people involved s- still yeah, love it as much, it. They, they still know, and yeah. still, still, they still love it as much as the fans do. And there's, there, it, it's still kind of it's, alive in their hearts too. It, so that's it's that's an a very special development. Thing. Is, well, it's an interesting twist in and of itself from kind of the Star Trek concept, where you know they they all did this. You know, in the, in the '60s, they all did the show. None of them had any idea like the thing that it would become, and they all kind of really fucking hated it for mm-hmm. a while before they <laughs> yeah, came yeah. to peace. Ask Harrison Ford about star wars yeah. yeah stand back or or any you know obviously nimoy writing a whole bio- autobiography i'm not spock and then later i am spock that <laughs> if i was spock if if i had here's how it. i did it <laughs> if i was spock here's how i was spock uh and it's it's the development from that of these guys you know avoiding that whole like dark mire of the process in the in the in the first place and like Eventually, you know, the Star Trek cast got to this point where we're like, yes, this is our legacy and, and we're, we're okay yeah. with that. Just and come to terms with it. Yeah, we, we came to terms with it. Whereas the Firefly cast, right out of the gate from square one, from day one, and ever yeah. since, have been like, yeah, this is our legacy and this is awesome. This is great. Yeah, they love it. Yeah. And I love it too. And anyway. they still and they still like constant it like you follow any one of them on Twitter they're constantly talking about how they hang out with each other yeah, all the still, time. I love the de facto captain of the group status that Fillion has yeah. anyway cuz you know it's like who elected this guy? He was just the captain on the show. He's wearing a costume. Um, but <laughs> he totally really actors, not astronauts. He totally fits yeah. he totally fits that role in real life too. It's just sweet. Everything about Firefly is warm and fuzzy for me. And um, as a result, this is probably not a very interesting commentary, but we hope that you feel warm and fuzzy too. <laughs> we have to find something to hate. Yeah. We hate people who want Firefly to be brought back. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we do too. Wait. We, we hate that you won't stop talking about it. There we go. Because it's it not going to happen. Yeah. And Welcome. it just makes me sad when you bring like, it up. It's like, here, here, let me sum up. Let me sum up the whole Firefly thing for you. Um, it was a television series for a while that got terrible ratings and was canceled before it even aired its first 13. A few years later, they made a feature of it, which cost more than they're telling you it cost and which did terribly at the box office. This is not a track record for something to be brought back a third time. <laughs> so Firefly has been given all the chances. And the fact is, there just aren't enough of us. Yeah. But be glad. Family Guy got- Be glad we got a little bit of it for us. Family Guy came back and made a lot of money. Yeah. That's the difference. Anyway, this has been Down in Front. You can always find more episodes at downinfront.net. Subscribe to iTunes. Get a brand new episode every single week. Twitter.com slash downinfront. Facebook Down in Front Show. Email us at downinfrontshow at gmail.com. Go to the forum. Involve yourself in the conversation. Uh, Holton Hill Design and Maintain the website, which has a button on it that you can click and give us money or buy our shirts. I did that backwards. Anyway. You should totally do that. Otherwise, we'll get canceled. Until next week, my name is T. Christie. <laughs> Brian Pinnatter. Mike Scott. Seriously, we'll get canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Six seasons and a trilogy. Woo! Thank you much for listening. Good night. Good night. <laughs> Six seasons and a new moon commentary. <laughs> oh, God. I want to watch all the Firefly episodes now. I really do. I totally do. 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 Trendsinyourhead.com.